at sacredheartradio.com. Continue on this Monday, the 9th of October, by praying together on this Feast of St. John Henry Newman, a prayer from St. John Henry Newman. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I sacrifice to thee, O Lord, this cherished wish, this lust, this weakness, this scheme, this opinion. Make me what thou wouldst have me. I bargain for nothing. I make no terms. I seek for no previous information whither thou art taking me. I will be what thou wilt make me, and all that thou wilt make me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. St. John Henry Newman, pray for us. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. We are glad that you are with us here on a Monday morning. It is Columbus Day. Some of you have the day off. Up this hour, I'm Matt Swain. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. Travis has got our video feed up and running. Kevin Schmeezing will take a look at This Week in Catholic History. We'll check in with Dr. Benjamin Lewis from the International Commission on English in the Liturgy. Get more translations of some of the prayers that uh, he's been working on for the Liturgy of the Hours, some of the hymns specifically. We'll talk to Father John Gavin, more thoughts from the Church Fathers in the Catechism, and then on this feast of St. John Henry Newman, a Catholic convert, we'll talk to Joseph Pierce, himself a convert, who's written a lot about Newman over the years. So please do stay with us if you can. Right now it is two minutes past. Here's Anna Mitchell with news. Good morning. Pope Francis is calling for an end to the attacks and violence in Israel. The death toll continues to climb after Hamas's coordinated attack on Israel over the weekend. More than a thousand Israelis and Palestinians have been killed, while officials have confirmed some American casualties as well. Israel, which has responded with airstrikes in Gaza, formally declared war on the militant group yesterday. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said that Israel would take mighty vengeance as his country embarks on a long and difficult war that was, quote, forced upon us. The Israeli government says Hamas has taken at least 100 civilians hostage. Meantime, the Pentagon is moving U.S. Navy ships and military aircraft closer to Israel in a show of support. The Holy Father yesterday prayed for an end to the violence during his Angelus address. From Vatican Radio, Christopher Wells has more. Please stop the attacks and the weapons and understand that terrorism and war do not lead to any solution, but only to the death and suffering of so many innocent people. War, he said, is always a defeat. Every war is a defeat. Speaking after the Angelus prayer on Sunday, the Holy Father said he is falling with apprehension and his sorrow. The latest news from Israel 
where violence has erupted even more ferociously, causing hundreds of deaths and injuries. The Pope expressed his sympathy to the families of victims and said he's praying for them and for all those who are experiencing hours of terror and anguish. The Pope invited everyone to pray for peace in Israel and Palestine. Fresh violence erupted unexpectedly in the Holy Land on Saturday when Palestinian Hamas militants launched a surprise attack on Israel, firing hundreds of rockets and launching armed incursions into Israel. Israel immediately launched retaliatory airstrikes, and the nation's prime minister said his country is at war. I'm Christopher Wells. The death toll is rising after a pair of powerful earthquakes rocked Afghanistan. The Taliban says more than 2,000 people were killed and 9,000 others injured. The first quake hit western Afghanistan on Saturday and registered 6.3 on the Richter scale. That was followed by a 6.1 quake. A spokesman for the Taliban's Ministry of Disasters said more than 1,300 houses were damaged or destroyed. No damage being reported after an earthquake shook the Seattle area yesterday. The Pacific Northwest Seismic Network says the 4.5 magnitude quake struck in Scow Bay. The depth was measured at 35 miles. Residents reported feeling shaking as far south as Kent in King County and as far north as Vancouver, B.C. The National Weather Service says there is no tsunami risk. The United Auto Workers Union members at the Volvo Group-owned Mack Trucks are set to go on strike today after rejecting a tentative contract agreement. Mark Mayfield has more. In a letter Sunday, UAW President Sean Fain said a majority of workers voted against the deal, which included a 19% pay raise. The union represents roughly 4,000 workers in Pennsylvania, Maryland, and Florida. This comes as thousands of UAW members across at least 20 states remain on strike against the big three U.S. automakers. I'm Mark Mayfield. And the American League Division Series continued yesterday. The Texas Rangers jumped out to a 2-0 series lead over Matt's Baltimore Orioles with an 11-8 victory at Camden Yards. Mitch Garver blasted a third-inning grand slam to propel Texas to the win. The series moves to Arlington for Game 3. That's Arlington, Texas, not Virginia. For Game 3 on Tuesday, in other action, Carlos Correa, Correa and Minnesota Twins defeated the Astros 6-2. to in Game 2 in Houston, he went 3-for-4 with three RBIs to help the Twins even the series at one game apiece. That sounds so weird. Hmm. Carlos Correa and the Twins. Anyway, twins uniform. Anyway. Well. Let's see. NLDS. Arizona Diamondbacks visit the Los Angeles Dodgers. The okay. Philadelphia Phillies visit the Braves today. The D-backs and Phillies both lead their series 1-0. Yeah, it's uh, it's been intense. Of course, you also had all the... All the football games going yesterday. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch much of anything. I kind of no? kind of took a little little media time off. Oh, nice, nice. Just a little bit, but uh, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how these things play out. I did watch. Um, I well, I didn't watch. I listened to some of the uh, Orioles and Rangers mm-hmm. uh, while I was driving yesterday. Did you like how I, I said first... mass Orioles? Yes. Well. <laughs> Be careful about this because the <laughs> Orioles fans will get mad at me for running to their side here. Uh, but I will say this. That was a long first two innings, maybe three innings. I feel like the first inning took like over a half an hour. Wow. And well, then when uh, have an the 11 Rangers to eight. unloaded. Yeah. Which Garver hit that grand slam. Yeah. It was rough. 
rough on the Orioles. But there's there's a bunch of Rangers fans that are uh, in our uh, listening audience through the Guadalupe Radio Network. Well, uh, all sure of your very Orioles, about this. all of your Oil- Orioles fans are also listening on the Guadalupe Radio Network, are they not? That's true. If they're in the D.C. area, the the closest. If they're listening on 1160 in D.C., the closest baseball team to you who's still in it would definitely be the Baltimore mm-hmm. Orioles. So. Past that, it's the Phillies. But anybody who's a a Washington person is going to have trouble rooting for Philadelphia in any sport. Yeah, I would imagine. I'm, I'm saying this, by the way, just to see if the Holy Spirit Radio and Philly people are awake right now because I do hear from them as well. <laughs> I do hear from them as well. Well, we are glad that you're along, no matter where you happen to be listening, across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. It's eight minutes past the hour. It is time for This Week in Catholic History with Kevin Schmeezing, and you can find him and his book, of Catholic Pilgrimage Through American History, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Kevin, good morning. Good morning, Matt. So today's first piece of history is one with which our listeners are almost certainly familiar, The Miracle of the Sun. I would imagine many listeners are familiar. It's been described as the greatest public miracle outside Scripture. Um, To recap the basic story of the apparitions at Fatima on May 13, 1917, in the countryside near the town of Fatima in central Portugal, the Blessed Virgin Mary appeared to three shepherd children, Venerable Lucia dos Santos and her cousins, Saints Francisco and Jacinta Marto. Mary would appear five more times over the course of the year, each time on the 13th of the month. Her main message was repent and pray, especially the rosary. By the end of the summer, thousands of people were attending these apparitions. And in September, Mary told the children that during the next apparition, she would perform a miracle so that everyone would believe. This promise provoked an even larger crowd. Estimates vary, but certainly there were tens of thousands of onlookers on October 13th, this week in 1917. Some of the details differ, but the basics of the incident seem to be the following. The rain that had been falling ceased, the sun came out, and then it began spinning, casting brilliant colors throughout the sky. Then it danced or moved erratically. At one point, it seemed to be hurtling toward the earth. Attendees reported that their clothing, the ground, everything else that had been wet was completely dry following the sun's dance. Now, allowing that not every witness saw the same thing, even some apparition believers didn't see the dance, the phenomenon was still witnessed by thousands, including some who had been skeptics. The apparitions at Fatima, including the miracle of the sun, were thoroughly investigated by the church and declared worthy of belief, which means Catholics don't have to accept them as an article of faith, but all indications point to their authenticity. Certainly something extraordinary happened in Fatima, the miracle of the sun, this week in 1917. And we celebrate it every year on the church calendar as a result. Uh, Kevin, we're also looking at some controversial comments by a priest involving politics. Uh, I guess that's only ever happened once, so we might as well well talk about it. Yeah, exactly. Another 20th century event this time in the United States, actually a major event in the history of Catholicism and politics, uh, this week in 1936. The background is that by the 1930s, Catholics were a substantial and rapidly growing portion of the American electorate. They were still an identifiable voting bloc, and at this point, heavily in favor of the Democratic Party. So Catholics were an important element in bringing to power Franklin Roosevelt in 1932. To fight the Great Depression, Roosevelt enacted his New Deal. It was very popular at the outset, but it had lost some steam by the time of Roosevelt's re-election campaign in 1936. Also, some former Roosevelt supporters had turned away 
two notable examples were Catholics, Al Smith, the former governor of New York and the first Catholic candidate for president, and the immensely popular radio priest, Father Charles Coughlin. Both had been Roosevelt supporters and by 1936 were strident critics. So there was real fear that Roosevelt's support among Catholics might falter and that this would hand the election to the Republican Alf Landon. Enter Monsignor John Ryan. He was a professor at Catholic University, probably the best known promoter of Catholic social teaching in the United States. He had also supported Roosevelt in the New Deal, but unlike Smith and Coughlin, Ryan remained enthusiastic. So on October 8th, this would have been about a month before the election, October 8th, this week in 1936, Ryan delivered a nationally broadcast radio address, which was later turned into a widely distributed pamphlet titled Roosevelt Safeguards America. The summary at the website of the Archives of Catholic University called it Ryan's most famous public moment and also an overtly partisan political speech. Ryan made his position perfectly clear. The speech's final words were these, I urge you to use every effort at your command among your relatives, friends, and acquaintances in support of Franklin D. Roosevelt. At the time, as now, for both theological and legal reasons, the direct involvement of priests in political affairs was frowned on by most Catholics. Coughlin was already a controversial figure. This made Ryan similarly controversial. The postscript to the story is that FDR won, not only in 1936, but twice more after that. <clears throat> Coughlin was eventually silenced by his bishop for his increasingly unhinged, some would say anti-Semitic commentary. But you might say that Coughlin had some revenge. He used to mock Ryan by calling him the right reverend New Dealer, and that became the title of the first book-length biography of Ryan, which was published in the 1960s. So as you hinted at the beginning, Matt, religion and politics, always an edifying spectacle. This one was John Ryan's pro-FDR speech this week in 1936. Well, spectacle is probably the word that jumps out to me the most <laughs> that descriptor, uh, but certainly uh, it is an interesting episode in history, and uh, one wonders what kind of podcast those guys might have today. Who knows? <laughs> Kevin Schmeezing, thank you so much as always for helping us give a perspective on the present day by looking at this week in Catholic history. Have a great one. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Matt. You too. All right, let's check on weather for the nation for your Columbus Day heading into the week. A broad area of high pressure stretches from California to the Rockies, across the plains, and into the northeast and eastern seaboard. That's almost everywhere. That means plenty of sunshine for today. The biggest exception will be across the northwest, where a developing storm system will bring showers from northern California to Washington. Snow levels should remain high enough to prevent the passes from seeing any of it. An area of low pressure continues to spin just north of the Great Lakes, bringing rain showers from Michigan's UP to upstate New York. Few spots could see some lake effect rainfall, leading to ponding and flooding in uh, certain areas. A weak disturbance will move across the Ohio Valley and into the central Appalachians today. That'll bring some clouds, perhaps a few showers. That'll be from Ohio and Kentucky into West Virginia. Back right after this with headlines and Anna Mitchell, it's a quarter past the hour. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things that violate your beliefs? Have you ever felt there has to be a better way, but didn't know you had any options? If you answered yes, I've got some good news for you. There is a better way and a more affordable way. Solidarity HealthShare can save you hundreds of dollars each month while actually supporting your beliefs. Because the best news is that Solidarity HealthShare costs a whole lot less than insurance. It's time to jump in and put your money where your faith is and put some money back into your wallet at the same time. 
Join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based healthcare sharing community. Prices start as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-334-3245. That's 844-334-3245. Solidarity HealthShare. 844-334-3245. We know a lot of you love anything pumpkin-flavored, and others, well, not so much. But the Mystic Monks of Wyoming are taking care of both of you with their coffee. That's right. Their seasonal favorite pumpkin spice blend is available, along with other normal flavors. And when you purchase them after clicking the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com, you earn us a commission. While you're at our site, pick up a Sunrise Morning Show mug in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. EWTN offers the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass live every morning at 8 Eastern and provides you with daily readings to follow along and enrich your experience. To be sure you don't miss out on the daily Mass or to get access to previous recordings, we can send a link to your email inbox every day. It's easy. Visit EWTN.com and click subscribe. EWTN, the Global Catholic Network. Seventeen minutes past the hour. Here's Anna with headlines. Pope Francis is calling for an end to attacks and violence in Israel as the death toll continues to rise after the surprise attack from Hamas over the weekend. The Holy Father, during his Angelus Address catechesis, reflected on the parable of the wicked tenant, saying that ingratitude leads to violence. And the death toll rises after a pair of powerful earthquakes over the weekend in Afghanistan. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. And uh, Anna Mitchell, a lot of things to keep in prayer. Yeah. Uh, over the weekend, um, of course, woke up to uh, all the news going on in Israel. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you know, this is a place where uh, many of our friends, you know, go on pilgrimage. And yeah. uh, this is a, a place that's been war torn and uh, a source in of fact, conflict. Is Steve Ray the still there? The I think uh, I think he might still be. Now, bear in mind that's uh, a little bit removed from where sure. yeah. um, where they where these things are be. happening. Yeah. And Steve has been uh, quick to point out that, you know, usually where he goes is not where these things tend to flare up. Um, but all the same, I mean, this is uh, this is something that, well, it's in a 24-hour news cycle. And with social media, it's all too easy to just see all the horrible things going on, sometimes almost in real time. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of political questions in the mix, and mm-hmm. I don't have much oversight over them but i do have recourse to prayer and i do uh you know as kevin schmeezing was talking about um our lady of fatima Mm -hmm. and uh her calls to repentance and her calls to pray the rosary and specifically as she's mentioned in a few different places to pray the rosary for peace in our world um if you're not already adding that to your regular rosary prayer intentions uh add an end to war uh a proliferation of peace, uh, harmony among all God's children. Uh, add that to your prayer request list because it is extremely apparent that we need God's grace yeah. in uh, resolving these things. Absolutely. I just looked up Steve's website, and he and Janet actually got home a couple of days ago. 
So, yep. and he does point out in his blog post that uh, the areas that they habitually, as you were just saying, as they habitually go to, are not the ones that are that are um, in danger right yeah, now. If it wasn't still, safe, Steve would stay home in Michigan. So. Exactly, but still, so many people in the crossfires here, and lots of lives lost, and so lots of prayer definitely needed, as you say. Well, and uh, you know, I. Uh, Yesterday, I went down um, to the Museum of the Bible, and we went through. Uh, I, sometime you got to come visit me, and we got to. I would I love take you there, Anna to do that. It is, it is an experience. It is an experience. Uh, but they have this sort of Old Testament walkthrough. Some of our listeners may have been to it, and they go through, you know, the history of, you know, God's covenant, you know, with His people throughout time, and it's. it's there's been conflict kind of all the way going back to the beginning oh, in yeah. that space. And, I mean, we're talking about from, when I say in the beginning, I mean, like, from Genesis on, that area of the world. Uh, and every generation seems to face some kind of conflict. Well, it's hardly surprising when that is the promised land, right? In And mm-hmm. that Satan would single that out as a place to... To fight God. To fight God. And get us to fight one another. Indeed. All the way back to Cain. I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home the Faith when Dr. Michael Carter will respond to the negative history around the story of Christopher Columbus. H.W. Crocker will present the newest edition of his history book entitled Triumph. I will speak about the story of the martyr St. Dennis, the frequent traffic and weather. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King. Offering Catholic retreats based on Ignatian spirituality, the Jesuit Spiritual Center is offering weekend retreats this fall led by various retreat masters, including Father Michael Graham. Join us this October for a weekend of silence as you experience the great treasures of the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Register now at JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. That's JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. your help. Hello, I'm Marianne Koharski, Director of Pro-Life Across America. In my 30-plus years, I've never seen such a concerted attempt to silence our efforts and at a time when it's most needed. There's a powerful effort to prevent and block our pro-life messages. Our billboards, social media, and digital ads are all impacted. Unplanned pregnancies still happen. Our ads feature a hotline number connecting callers with more than 3,000 pregnancy support centers across America, offering alternatives to abortion, free ultrasound, and pregnancy help. Babies' lives are being saved. The need still exists. It really does. And Pro-Life Across America needs your help. To donate, please find us at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Did you know I could suck my thumb before I was born? Yep, we all started small. Good morning, Matt. Annie, how are you? 
Um, we're great, and I'm really looking forward to today's conversation. We're uh, talking uh, more about hymn translations. So if you could, uh, remind us about the new project that you did uh, on the Liturgy of the Hours hymns and uh, which one we're looking at today. Sure, yeah. So we talked a little bit last week about how ICEL is revising the entire Liturgy of the Hours, partly to update the translations uh, to make them more in line with the new Missal translation of 12 years ago, but also because there were some elements in the Liturgy of the Hours that never got translated. So the hymns uh, never got translated the first time around. We just... Uh, we looked at the Latin text of the hymns, and we either found existing translations or we found other hymns that were related, and we just kind of plugged those in. So this time around, we've been actually translating the Latin text of the hymns into metrically equivalent singable English hymns um, so that so that people can actually sing these hymns uh, that the church proposes. So last week we looked at a hymn from uh, the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord, and I thought it would be interesting to look at another one of those uh, hymns for the baptism uh, today. So we're going to be looking at and talking about the hymn for the Baptism of the Lord that's used for the Office of Readings, and it's also the same hymn that's used for Second Vespers or Evening Prayer too. Uh, for the Feast of the Baptism. So if you if you currently pray the Liturgy of the Hours and you open up to the Feast of the Baptism, um, which is the Sunday after Epiphany, and you go to the Office of Readings, the hymn that you see there currently um, is actually a pretty good hymn. Um, it's pretty ancient, and it does sort of relate to the baptism, but it's not an actual translation of the Latin text that the Church proposes for us. Yeah, and um, if I could pause you right there just to reflect on the last one that you did for us. So we had had sort of a plug-in hymn that, as you read through it, was really great. I mean, it was a pretty good hymn, uh, yeah. you know, a lot of richness. Uh, but the one that was in the Latin tied together Christmas through the Incarnation up to the Baptism and also talked about, hey, it's nighttime, <laughs> right? Right, In a way yeah. that the previous one hadn't. So <laughs> uh, I imagine you found something similar here. Yeah, so if um, I'm just going to read you the new translation uh, that we've, this is already available in a hymnal, uh, the Divine Office hymnal is being published by GIA. So even though we haven't completely finished and produced the whole Liturgy of the Hours, these hymns are, are out and currently available. So this is uh, this is the actual translation that you can get um, of the, of the Latin. As John fulfilled his sacred charge. Christ Jesus, author of the world, immersed this day in Jordan's tide, by bathing washed its waters clean. Born from the virgin mother's womb, he did not need to be baptized, yet by his washing he desired to take away our guilt and sin. The Father speaks, his voice proclaims, this is my own beloved Son. From heaven's height on him descends, in dove-like form, the Spirit blessed. Beneath the mystery of this name, salvation shines within the church. The Trinity abides with her, one God through every time and place. All glory be to you, O Christ, the Father and the Spirit blessed. In splendor from the heights of heaven, reveal that you are life and truth. Amen.
So let's just spend the next uh, 12 to 16 hours <laughs> unpacking that. Because right. That exactly. is some rich stuff, man. Yeah. So I, one thing I want to touch on, I mean, it, it covers a lot of ground. This focuses specifically on the event of the baptism and kind of re, recapping that event from the Gospels. So you get the, you know, the voice of the Father, the Spirit descending on Christ. But one thing I find really fascinating in that first stanza is you get the mention of John in the very first line as John fulfilled his sacred charge. And then suddenly, as soon as you mention John, we're on to talking about Christ, which is sort of an interesting thing when you think about what John himself says in the Gospels, he must increase and I must decrease. We have that we have that sort of reflected even in the structure of the first stanza. John is just barely mentioned in the first line, and then Jesus gets the rest of the stanza. And so you also get that sense that, you know, John came first, but then it's really about Christ. Um, yeah. So there's some really interesting scriptural echoes, even just in the structure of of that first stanza. But yeah, yeah you, it's... There's also some interesting catechesis there, too, because it goes yes. on to talk about how Jesus doesn't have to be baptized, and right. yet, you know, all this other stuff, and how he himself is the author of this whole process out of line one and two. I wish we had more time, because that is like a... That's like a whole entire semester worth of stuff in a hymn. Yeah, if our listeners want to get this hymnal, mine. yeah, how do they go? How do they, where do they go? Oh, yeah. So you can get this hymnal. It's called the Divine Office Hymnal, and it's being published by GIA. Well, it's linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Dr. Benjamin Lewis from the International Commission on English and the Liturgy. Thank you so much. Uh, we've got him linked at sunrisemorningshow.com along with all the guests uh, that we talk to on a daily basis. I know many of you pray the Liturgy of the Hours. I know uh, many of you, uh, we have lots of priests listening who are very interested in this. And uh, if you don't have your copy, go check that out. Uh, again, by the way, not only can you at sunrisemorningshow.com find links to the guests that we speak to during the course of the morning, it's also where you can find our live video stream, which is now up and running. Thank you to uh, all of you for your patience as we've kind of got that in the mix. Um, but yeah, head on over to sunrisemorningshow.com, click show notes, and right at the top of the show notes, it gives you a link to the video stream so you can uh, tune in and join the chat with us over there. It is half past the hour. Here's Anna Mitchell with news. Good morning. Pope Francis has called for an end to the attacks and violence in Israel as the war happens after a surprise attack from Hamas over the weekend. The death toll is climbing after Hamas's coordinated attack. More than a thousand Israelis and Palestinians have been killed, while officials have confirmed some American casualties as well. Israel, which has responded with airstrikes in Gaza, formally declared war on the militant group yesterday. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu vowed that Israel would take mighty vengeance as his country embarks on a long and difficult war that was, quote, forced upon us. President Biden is sending additional assistance to Israel following the deadly attack by Hamas militants on Saturday. Mark Mayfield reports. The White House says the president spoke with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu on Sunday and told him more aid will follow in the coming days. Meanwhile, the Pentagon is moving U.S. Navy ships and military aircraft closer to Israel in a show of support. A spokesperson for the Israeli Defense Forces confirmed at least 700 people have been killed in Israel. Palestinian officials reported more than 400 dead after Israeli airstrikes on Gaza.
I'm Mark Mayfield. Several major U.S. airlines have canceled flights to Israel because of the ongoing conflict. American, United, and Delta Airlines have all canceled their flights to Tel Aviv from major U.S. cities, including Chicago, New York, Newark, and San Francisco. A spokesperson for Delta said the airline will work with the U.S. government to assist with the safe return of any Americans who want to come home. Pope Francis, during his Angelus address to the faithful yesterday in St. Peter's Square, said terrorism and war would only bring further death and suffering to innocent people and not solve any problems. The Holy Father said war is only a defeat, and he urged people to pray for peace in Israel and Palestine. He encouraged the faithful to pray the rosary in this month of October, dedicated to the Holy Rosary for peace. During his Angelus Address catechesis, the Pope reflected on the parable of the wicked tenants in the Sunday Gospel, saying that ingratitude leads to violence. From Vatican Radio, Sister Bernadette Reese reports. Reflecting on this parable, Pope Francis said that the tenants should have been grateful for what they received and for how they had been treated. Instead, Ingratitude gave rise to greed and a progressive sense of rebellion grew within them, leading them to see the situation in a distorted way, to feel that the owner was in their debt rather than that they were in debt to the owner who had given them work. And thus the Pope said, from being tenants, they become assassins. Pope Francis went on to explain that in this parable, Jesus reminds us what happens when a person deceives him or herself into thinking that what he or she does, they do on their own, and they forget to be grateful. This attitude, the Pope said, can lead to dissatisfaction, misunderstandings, resentment, and ultimately violence. Sì, cari fratelli e sorelle, l'ingratitudine genera violenza. Yes, dear brothers and sisters, he said, ungratefulness generates violence, while a simple thank you can bring back peace. The Holy Father invited us to ask ourselves if we are aware that life and faith, our very selves and everything we have, come from the grace of the Lord, and if in response to grace we know how to say thank you. Pope Francis concluded his Angelus reflection with a prayer that the Blessed Virgin Mary whose soul glorifies the Lord, might help us to make gratitude the light that dawns daily in our hearts. I'm Sister Bernadette Reese. The death toll continues to rise after a pair of powerful earthquakes rocked Afghanistan. The Taliban says more than 2,000 people were killed and 9,000 others injured. The first quake hit western Afghanistan on Saturday and registered 6.3 on the Richter scale. And that was followed by a 6.1 magnitude quake. A spokesman for the Taliban's Ministry of Disasters said more than 1,300 houses were damaged or destroyed. United Auto Workers Union members at the Volvo Group-owned Mack Trucks are set to go on strike today after rejecting a tentative contract agreement. In a letter yesterday, UAW President Sean Fain said a majority of workers voted against the deal, which included a 19% pay raise. That's the news on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 35 minutes past the hour.
Family, please know that Sacred Heart Radio has never sold or shared our mailing list with anyone. So when you donate or sign up to receive our newsletters, be confident that Sacred Heart Radio will not sell or share your information with other organizations. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. During the hottest of weather, Schneller Knockelman will keep you cool with air conditioning repair, installation, and maintenance. Schneller Knockelman. Find us at skpha.com, skpha.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Central Fabricators. Central Fabricators is currently seeking welders for their ASME code fabrication shop. They're looking for hardworking professionals who enjoy meeting challenges and surpassing customer expectations. Candidates are required to have experience in fit-up and welding. This is long-term employment in a secure, rewarding full-time career with a four-day work week, health care and dental benefits, and paid vacations. More information at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this feast of St. John Henry Newman, Columbus Day. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Knockman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. Definitely feeling cooler today. Right now, temperatures in the mid-40s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, clouds early, then sun today, and a high of 62 degrees. Clear tonight and cool again with an overnight low of 40. Lots of sun tomorrow with a high of 64 degrees. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, possibility of an early morning shower, then partly sunny and breezy today with a high of 59 degrees. A few clouds tonight, areas of frost possible with an overnight low of 38. few afternoon clouds, but otherwise mostly sunny tomorrow with a high of 62. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. Sunrise Morning Show continues. We are glad that you're with us on this Monday, October the 9th. It is the Feast of St. John Henry Newman. And, uh, of course, he is a uh, big deal. He's only canonized a few years back. Um, But uh, we talk about him all the time at the Coming Home Network because of his impact on so many people coming into the church. Of course, Newman, an Anglican who converted to the Catholic faith. So, John Henry Newman, pray for us. We're joined now by Father John Gavin, who is the author of Mysteries of the Lord's Prayer. He's been going through the Catechism of the Catholic Church with us and looking at the various ways that the Church Fathers are quoted in the Catechism. Father Gavin, good morning. Good morning. So uh, I feel like this is uh, a great topic to to bring out at any time, but, you know, I see all kinds of frustrations in parishes and dioceses at the Church level as a whole between the Church and and all other kinds of Christianities. So it's good to kind of reflect on what we believe about uh, wounds to unity. Uh, we're going to be looking at what Saint, uh, well, not Saint, what Origin of Alexandria has to say about some of this stuff. But what's the context in the Catechism where this comes up? Sure. So the section we've been looking at, or the sections we've been looking at, are on the Church and the Holy Spirit's action in the Church. But this specific section looks at wounds to unity and the ways in which uh, divisions uh, throughout history and even now occur within the body of the Church, uh, and also calling us to respond to them. All right, so then how does Origen show up here? So Origen, uh, the quote that it has here comes from his homilies on uh, Ezekiel. 
uh, actually treating uh, chapter 16 of the book of the prophet Ezekiel. And he writes there, uh, where there are sins, there are also divisions, schisms, heresies, and disputes. Where there is virtue, however, there also are harmony and unity from which arise the one heart and the one soul of all believers. In the original context, he's looking at the uh, the sins of Israel and how that created divisions within the people and even with uh, their hu- unity with God. And so he's uh, then goes into a discussion about how we still struggle with these issues within the life of the church, and specifically looking at virtue and vice, uh, virtue and sin, and the way virtue unifies and sin divides. Well, these things are not uh, new revelations that come around mm. once the once the church gets started in uh, the book of Acts. These things go back to the beginning, right? Uh, you know, there's a, just a, a great exploration mm. of, of how original sin uh, breaks our relationship with God, it breaks our relationship with creation, but it also breaks our relationship with one another. Why wouldn't it be the case that it would break our relationships with fellow Christians? Absolutely. I mean, we can see it right from the beginning with Adam and Eve when they start playing the blame game after the fall, and we see it throughout the life of the Church. What's interesting, what Origen does here, especially focusing on the question of virtue and vice, I mean, he's drawing on a fundamental understanding, first of all, of virtues, that the virtues, the habits, uh, these qualities are what perfect our human nature, uh, on the one hand, right, courage and patience, uh, and especially the infused theological virtues of faith, hope, and love, uh, perfect our nature, but they also always uh, make us more, in his words, and other fathers of the Church, more godlike. That is, he talks about, uh, Maximus the Confessor, and he talks about Christ as being the essence of all the virtues. To know him is to know fully what these are. And when we come to a grow in them, uh, we become also more Christ-like. And this naturally unifies. It draws us deeper into the body of Christ, especially our outward movement in those virtues. Whereas vice eats away at our nature. It cuts away at it. And, and as we become more selfish, as we turn more inward with those sins, uh, it creates divisions, but it also scandalizes and pushes others away, especially if we're bearing the name of Christian. So it's really interesting the way he develops it through these ideas of virtue and sin and shows us those as the sources of these divisions. Well, there is just so much to unpack as this passage goes on uh, into paragraph 818. You know, over at the Coming Home Network, we're working with all kinds of people, including lots of Protestant ministers uh, who Mm -hmm. are exploring the Catholic Church and didn't even, like, think that that was something that was important, (laughs) right, to even Mm -hmm. possibly process until some of them very recently. Uh, In 818, it says, however, one cannot charge with the sin of the separation— Uh, and this is talking about divisions among Christians, those who at present are born into these communities that resulted from Mm -hmm. such separation and in them are brought up in the faith of Christ. And the Catholic Church accepts them with respect and affection as brothers. You know, some of this Mm -hmm. division and conflict comes from the fact that we remember stuff that our great-great-great-great-grandparents did to each other, (laughs) right? Right. And that stuff sort of has a generational effect on division among Christians 
And so you can so, just so easily. I mean, this this happens in wars too, right? It's so mm-hmm. easy to mm-hmm. say, "Well, you did this to us," and "Well, well, you did this back to us," and and just mm-hmm. going back and back over the grievances and the sins, and the conflict never ends that way. Right. That's the tragedy, of course, of sin. Uh, it's never just individual, right? Just what I do, but rather. It cuts into a community, and it becomes uh, a rift throughout history, and, and we wind up inheriting tragically these uh, these divisions uh, in each generation. Which means, really, the only way we're going to heal those divisions, uh, in fact, is to individually and communally grow in holiness, uh, especially through the sacraments and confession, uh, the Eucharist but also living out the, the corporal and spiritual works of mercy uh, in our lives. That's going to be what really heals those divisions when we come closer to Christ, uh, when we grow in that holiness and that imitation of him. Well, this is something that Marcus Grodi said, uh, you know, over at our apostolate from the beginning, which is if you are a Christian and I'm a Christian in the Catholic Church, and we both focus our energies not on necessarily you know, getting into these big fights, but we both decide that the most important thing for our relationship is that we both grow closer to Christ, then naturally, mm-hmm. as we both get closer to that, you know, that destination, we're going to get closer to each other, like two lines mm-hmm. of a triangle heading sort toward the same vertex. It, it is, I mean, and I've seen this personally, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when I get into a debate online with somebody, I don't really get much of anywhere, and that person doesn't get much of anywhere with me. But if we are working together and praying together, some interesting things can happen. Right. No, absolutely. I, can, I, I mean, that's why the work that you do is so important. And it's also important for every Christian to be conscious that uh, he or she is contributing to that by the way he or she lives, her, uh, lives their lives, Right that uh, we are giving witness to Christ, and the closer we draw to Christ, the more we will draw others to him, the more we will form that unity. Yeah, it is uh, a great kind of refresher course on, you know, what we really want is to to fulfill Mm -hmm. Jesus's prayer um, right before he went to his crucifixion, that all his followers would be one, and uh, we are not that. (laughs) We could always use the grace. Seven, no. to to get to that point. So thank you so much, Father Gavin, for unpacking this little passage of the Catechism. Again, it's paragraphs 817 and 818 we got into just a tad this morning as well, looking at what Origen had to say about that. Thanks so much, Father John Gavin. We've got your book linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for having me. God bless. All right, it's 14 till. We're back right after this. Are you looking for peace? Longing for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into a suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com. And click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB. Support for the Sunrise Morning Show is from Visiting Angels. Visiting Angels provides experienced, compassionate care to millions of aging adults nationwide by keeping them safe and healthy in the comfort of their own home. Whether it's a short break for caregivers or for long-term assistance, Visiting Angels provides hygiene, meals, light housework, companionship, and more. And services are available up to 24 hours per day. 
Visiting Angels, online at visitingangels.com. That's visitingangels.com. Franchise opportunities available. Waking up with Mystic Monk Coffee is definitely a better way to start your day. Not only are you getting a great cup of coffee, but your purchase helps support the life of the Carmelite Monks of Wyoming. And your purchase can also help our work. All you need to do is go first to sonricemorningshow.com. When you click the Mystic Monk link on the side of the page, we earn a commission. Support the monks and support the Sunrise Morning Show. Click the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com. That's sonricemorningshow.com. Daily Dose of Encouragement, hosted by Patty Schneier, provides insightful and inspirational thoughts by bringing spiritual insights to everyday living. You can hear Daily Dose of Encouragement as well as faith-filled podcasts from our friends and affiliates across the nation, all in one place, all free at EWTN Podcast Central. Visit EWTNRadio.net slash podcasts today. Hi, this is Cy Kellett. Later today on Catholic Answers Live, Carlo will be here. Two hours of open forum. Catholic Answers Live, 6 p.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Now back to the Sunrise Morning Show. 12 till. Here's Anna with headlines. Pope Francis has called for an end to the attacks and violence as war is now taking place in Israel after surprise attacks from Hamas over the weekend. Pope Francis, in his Sunday Angelus Address Catechesis, reflected on the parable of the wicked servants, saying that ingratitude leads to violence. And the Nobel Prize in Economics has been awarded to a Harvard professor, Claudia Golden. You can hear news at the top and bottom of each hour here on the Sunrise Morning Show. Next one in about 13-ish minutes from now. As the Sunrise Morning Show continues here on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network, it's 11 till. Joseph Pierce joining us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. He's with the Augustine Institute. You can find him online at jpierce.co. Good morning, Joseph. Good morning, Anna. So October 9th is the feast of St. John Henry Newman. And, you know, I'd say we most often talk about him in terms of him as a writer and an intellectual. But ultimately, Joseph, that's not what gets someone to heaven. So what would you say was at the heart of John Henry Newman's sanctity? Uh, great question. And, and as you might say, it's his feast day today. Obviously, you know, that it being clever doesn't get anybody to heaven. Um, being a great writer doesn't get anybody to heaven. Um, it's it's uh, John Henry Newman's sanctity um, which gets him to heaven and the sacrifice he made for the faith and for the church, uh, not least of which was his conversion in 1845, because at that time in England, the Catholic Church was still basically looked down upon. It only, it only Catholic emancipation had only happened 16 years earlier. Um, the Catholics were very much looked upon as second-class citizens. So for someone like Newman, who was already a celebrity, was already lionized and was predicted to have had a, a great career within the Anglican Church, possibly going all the way to Archbishop of Canterbury, to throw all that away, all that worldly career away, uh, and suffer um, the slings and arrows of contempt, which, he, which, which, which is what he did suffer when he was received into the church in 1845, uh, marked him, if you like, as someone willing to lay down his life for his friends. And, and that is the no greater love which gets someone to heaven. And, I mean, 
he can count among his friends now hundreds, thousands of people that came home to the church thanks to John Henry Newman. Yes, I mean, his influence on the culture really is inestimable. You can't really quantify it, but but what you can say is that really the Catholic cultural revival in the English-speaking world can be can be put down to Newman's conversion. I mean, prior to that, there were little things happening, stirrings happening, a sort of a neo-medievalist subculture emerging. But, but it was Newman's conversion in 1845 which really put Catholicism back on the map uh, in the English-speaking world. And there were literally hundreds uh, of converts to the faith immediately following him in his wake, and thousands and tens of thousands influenced by him um, uh, in the 150 years or so since then. How do you think his commitment to intellectual honesty, um, particularly when it comes to matters of faith, how should that serve as a model for all of us? Well, I think, you know, we, 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 we know that we see a, a, a new rise of secularism, and, and with, with secularism always comes an anti-Christianity, and it's always the Catholic Church that takes the brunt of such secularism. But what we do see in Newman's example is someone willing to make whatever sacrifice is necessary to his own personal career, his own personal comfort, in order to be true to the tr- the truth of the church uh, and, and Christ's promise to the church. So um, he does show us the, ne- the necessity of self-sacrifice, and I think that's something we always have to keep at the forefront of our minds and hearts in a world which is largely hostile to Christ. What does St. John Henry Newman mean to you personally? Well, uh, I have a, certainly a great devotion to him. Um, his book, uh, The Apologia Pro Vita Sua, his, his conversion story, was a significant influence on my own path to Rome, as was his novel, Loss and Gain. Um, so I owe a great debt of gratitude to him as, a, as an individual. As an Englishman, you know, he's the first saint to be canonized uh, since the Reformation, uh, English saint. So he, he's someone that obviously I have a natural affinity towards as a countryman of mine, and one who's helped to bring so many of my own countrymen back to the true faith. So, yeah, he's someone who's very high up in my in, in my um, yeah my devotion. Well, we said you know cleverness and and being a good writer um, are not the the criteria which would get someone to heaven, but they are gifts that the Lord gives to people. And John Henry Newman really used those gifts, didn't he? Yes. I mean, he was a really gifted writer. We should remember that. The the, the critic George Levine considered him the greatest prose stylist of the Victorian era. Now, when you remember and recall what a great era in writing and literature the Victorian era was. And Chesterton wrote a book called The Victorian Age in Literature. It was a golden age in literature. And, and for, any, for any critic to say that Newman was the greatest writer from that period, it, it says it all. So but he used the, 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 that, the, those wonderful gifts as a pro stylist um, to, to speak and preach the truth and to bring people to the truth through the goodness and beauty of the English language. And um, 
that's something for which all of us should be should, should be very grateful. And of course, as a theologian, what he ta- what he what he taught about the development of doctrine allows us to un- understand uh, de- legitimate development within uh, within the, the uh, constraints of uh, of tradition, uh, a rooted if you like, the rootedness of development is something. Again, uh, as a theologian, we we the church owes a great deal to him, and I, I would like to think that he may even become a doctor of the church at some point. I was just going to ask you that, Joseph. Did you read my mind? <laughs> yeah, well, we're great, great minds think alike, obviously, Anna. Well, what would you recommend reading to celebrate his feast day today, Joseph? Well, I mean, he, he, he's a difficult writer. If you don't have a lot of time, I, I, I would check out my book, Poems Every Catholic Should Know, and, and read the section of Newman's poems in there, about seven or eight uh, pages of it. Uh, you can look it up online. The Pilgrim Queen uh, about the Blessed Virgin is probably my my favourite poem by Newman. Maybe they, people could read that. If you have more time, pick up his wonderful Apologia Pro Vita Sua, the Apology for His Life, which is his conversion story, which is just wonderful. We've been talking to Joseph Pierce, and uh, John Henry Newman features prominently in literature what every Catholic should know, and poems what every Catholic should know. I'd almost forgotten about that one, Joseph. That's a great one. Thank you. Hey, you're welcome. You're welcome. Joseph, it was great talking to you. Thank you so much. My pleasure as always, Anna. God bless you. You too, Joseph. Thank you. And of course, you can find jpierce.co linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Matt, anything you want to comment about John Henry Newman? And I'm just going to do a quick count here. I was going to say, did you like go and see how many people um, mentioned John Henry in. Newman on your website? So I'm going to chnetwork.org, Org. typing in John Henry Newman in the search bar. How many results do you get? Uh, a lot. So let's see, 12 per page uh, times 14. Was there whatever 12 times 14 is? Well, 12 times 12 is 144. 12 times 14. So, goes, so 168 conversion stories that explicitly talk about Newman's. Wow. Newman's sort of pivotal influence. Wow. Yeah. I'd say about three quarters of those were Anglicans. But. <laughs> I believe it. You can check them all out at chnetwork.org. we got another full hour of the Sunrise Morning Show coming up here after the break. Please do stay with us. It's 3 till. Are you using the latest version of the Sacred Heart Radio app? Well, by updating or reinstalling the Sacred Heart Radio app, you get the upgraded features like the daily podcast with markers to quickly find and hear an interview again from the Sunrise Morning Show or Driving Home the Faith. To reinstall the Sacred Heart Radio app, go to sacredheartradio.com and scan the QR code, and depending on your phone, choose the App Store or Google Play to begin enjoying the latest version of the Sacred Heart Radio app. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Sunset Janitorial Supply, a Catholic family business supplying the tri-state cleaning industry with commercial cleaning supplies, personal hygiene, equipment, and even machine repair. Free delivery to your business. More information at sunsetjanitorialsupply.com. Many times, the death of a loved one occurs while they are away from home. Depending on the distance, this expense could cost their family tens of thousands of dollars. To help families, the Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society offers the Travel Plan, which assists in bringing home a loved one if death occurs more than 100 miles from their residence. A reasonable one-time fee provides a lifetime of coverage. 
Find out more about the travel plan at the Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society, 557-2306, extension 319, or online at cccsohio.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Twin Dental of Cincinnati. Since 1986, twin brothers, doctors David and Michael Rothen, have been providing superior dental care in a relaxed and comfortable setting for the entire family. The twin dental doctors utilize advanced dentistry techniques from sedation to implants and the latest in cosmetic options to preserve and beautify smiles. Twin Dental located just off the I-275 exit at Hamilton Avenue. For a complimentary evaluation, 513-825-6111 and online at twindental.com. You rely on your car, so rely on the experts at Fort Mitchell Garage, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. They can do it all from brakes, tires, and heating and cooling to towing and collision repair and more. Fort Mitchell Garage on Dixie Highway and Park Hills. On the web at fortmitchellgarage.com. Born from the heart of St. Daniel Comboni, the Comboni missionaries have served the poorest and most abandoned people in the world for more than 150 years. The Combonis improve quality of life with resources like food, clean water, and medicine. They provide vital education in schools and spiritually minister through the sacraments, all while preparing local Christian leaders to serve their people now and in the future. Find out more at ComboniMissionaries.org. Longtime underwriter and proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, Cincinnati Right to Life ensures that God-given human rights are guaranteed for all simply by being human. Regardless of age or stage, ability or disability, CincinnatiRightToLife.org. This is Father John Paul Walker, pastor of St. Gertrude in Madeira. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Monday, the 9th of October. It's the Feast of St. John Henry Newman, among others. Let's pray together in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, we are your people who walk the desert road to the promised land. Keep us faithful to the demands of the journey today. We are your people called to follow Jesus, our Lord. Make us steadfast disciples, freed from all that would hold us back. We are your people, destined for the heavenly Jerusalem. Give us strength to go on when we grow weary of the journey. O Lord, as we travel through this day of our life, our strength is in you. In our hearts are the roads to our eternal destination, the place where you dwell forever with your people in joy and in peace. Sustain us as we pass through the bitter valleys of suffering. Shield us as dangers threaten. Let us rejoice in the springs of living water that refresh us on our way and keep us faithful until journey's end. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. John Henry Newman, pray for us. Also, there on the calendar today, too, St. Dennis and Companions and St. John Leonardi, pray for us. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. Thanks for being with us on a Monday morning. I'm Matt Swain. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Ackman at the controls. And up this hour, uh, well, I should probably also remind you, you can watch us online at sunrisemorningshow.com. Click there's a link in the show notes to the video stream. Travis is working on that. Teresa Tamio will join us live from Italy. Also, Brendan Hodge on Ohio abortion statistics ahead of issue one on the ballot. 
this November. Father Patrick Briscoe is along with us as well from Our Sunday Visitor. And Stephanie Mann will talk about why John Henry Newman, she thinks, should get a more prominent place on the American liturgical calendar. So stay with us if you can. Right now it is two minutes past. Here's Anna Mitchell with news, a service of Central Fabricators and centralfabricators.com. Good morning. Pope Francis is calling for an end to the attacks and violence in Israel after surprise attacks from Hamas and Israeli retaliation over the weekend. Deaths are mounting after Hamas's coordinated attack on Israel. More than a thousand Israelis and Palestinians have been killed, while officials have confirmed some American casualties as well. Israel, which has responded with airstrikes in Gaza, formally declared war on the militant group yesterday. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu vowed that Israel would take, quote, mighty vengeance as his country embarks on a long and difficult war that was, quote, forced upon us. The Israeli government says Hamas has taken at least 100 civilians hostage. Meantime, the Pentagon is moving U.S. Navy ships and military aircraft closer to Israel in a show of support. During his Angelus address yesterday, Pope Francis called for an end to the attacks and violence in Israel. From Vatican Radio, Christopher Wells has more. Please stop the attacks and the weapons and understand that terrorism and war do not lead to any solution, but only to the death and suffering of so many innocent people. War, he said, is always a defeat. Every war is a defeat. Speaking after the Angelus prayer on Sunday, the Holy Father said he is falling with apprehension and his sorrow. The latest news from Israel, where violence has erupted even more ferociously, causing hundreds of deaths and injuries. The Pope expressed his sympathy to the families of victims and said he's praying for them and for all those who are experiencing hours of terror and anguish. The Pope invited everyone to pray for peace in Israel and Palestine. Fresh violence erupted unexpectedly in the Holy Land on Saturday when Palestinian Hamas militants launched a surprise attack on Israel, firing hundreds of rockets and launching armed incursions into Israel. Israel immediately launched retaliatory airstrikes, and the nation's prime minister said his country is at war. I'm Christopher Wells. During his Angelus Address catechesis yesterday, the Holy Father reflected on the parable of the wicked tenants. He said that ingratitude leads to violence. The death toll is rising after a pair of powerful earthquakes rocked Afghanistan. The Taliban says more than 2,000 people were killed and 9,000 others injured. The first quake hit western Afghanistan on Saturday, registering 6.3 on the Richter scale. That was followed by a 6.1 magnitude quake. A spokesman for the Taliban's Ministry of Disasters says more than 1,300 houses were damaged or destroyed. United Auto Workers Union members at the Volvo Group-owned Mack Trucks are set to go on strike today after rejecting a tentative contract agreement. Mark Mayfield has more. In a letter Sunday, UAW President Sean Fain said a majority of workers voted against the deal, which included a 19% pay raise. The union represents roughly 4,000 workers in Pennsylvania, Maryland, and Florida. This comes as thousands of UAW members across at least 20 states remain on strike against the big three U.S. automakers. I'm Mark Mayfield. 
And many banks and government offices will be closed today in observance of Columbus Day. Bank of America, Wells Fargo and Citibank will be closed, although Chase and TD Bank will be open. The markets on Wall Street will also be open. The post office will be closed, but FedEx and UPS will be running as usual. Kind of interesting. All right. Well, there you have it. We are not closed here, though. No, we're open for the Feast of St. John Henry Newman. Many Catholic institutions closed on Columbus Day in observance. The Archdiocese of Cincinnati, for instance, not here. Oh, wow. There you go. Well, federal government's all closed. Quite a few. I... We have a new um, employee here at Sacred Heart Radio, and on Friday, (laughs) after I had a fourth guest email me saying, I'm taking Columbus Day off, I can't be on the show, I announced that I wanted to um, petition for Columbus Day off here on the Sunrise Morning Show, and she actually went to our boss and tried. Oh, well. It's not it a holy day, day of like, obligation. We don't get it off. And we don't even get most of those off. It was almost like a hazing experience, you know? She's not even been here for no, a week. Oh, you should have told her how that was going to go before you let her go in there. <sighs> so good. So yeah, good. Anyway, but mornings, we do honor. Morning radio. We do, in fact, honor Christopher Columbus, who allowed for the gospel to be brought to the Americas. Well, and voyage. you've got, you've so. got uh, of course, John Henry Newman, and mm-hmm. you've got uh, St. Dennis and Companions. You've got John Leonardi, an yeah. Italian. St. Dennis. Got, He's walking He's the one who carried Paris, his own head away from around his, Paris with his head. He was beheaded in the, just if you see statues with him, he's holding his own head. Mm-hmm. So. It's a good Halloween. Just, you know, All I don't Saints think there's Day any costume. statues of the people who killed him. Nope. Don't think so. St. Dennis, pray for us. Pray for us. Teresa Tamio now joining us from EWTN and Ave Maria Radio's Catholic Connection in Rome this morning. Good morning, Teresa. Hey, good morning. So I flew back from the United States, and boy, are my arms tired. I always wanted to say that. Yeah, I was in uh, Jefferson City, Missouri over the weekend for a beautiful women's conference and met the bishop, Bishop Ignite there, a wonderful man of God who spent a great deal of time uh, witnessing to the women on Saturday about Our Lady of the Rosary, and it was a great conference all about being defined by God and being fortified by the Eucharist. So it's a great event. And then uh, got on a plane yesterday, and now we're in Rome, and uh, Kelly Walkless and I are ready to start the Wine and Shrine trip in a couple of days. So we're all excited. Well, I wanted to ask you something. Since it's the Feast of St. John Henry Newman, I wanted to know if this had ever Uh happened to you. Because uh, Newman spent a little bit of time in Rome, uh, 1846 to 1847, that academic year. And uh, Uh he was a a baby Catholic at the time, just figuring his way out around things. And uh, apparently he had uh, a meeting with Pope Pius IX in his first meeting. Um, And apparently when Newman, who was still getting the hang of papal etiquette, bent down to kiss uh, Pope Pius IX's foot and banged his head on the Pope's knee. Has this ever happened to you, or are you... No, I, 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 that would be a great privilege if I could get that close, but no, I haven't. I thought you were going to say something like that, that uh, he got lost or something, which Kelly Walker uh, He probably I, did that, too. all the pilgrimages we do. Yeah, we do that very well. Even after you've been to Rome as often as we have, you can turn a corner and you're in a totally different place and, and you lose your way, but... Now, I never heard that story. That's really neat. Well, there you go. Well, it, by the way, if you see two Americans uh, wandering around completely lost, my in-laws have made their first trip to Rome. They're over there right now, so keep an eye out. For them. Really? They may be wandering awesome. aimlessly. So are they staying mainly the... here in Rome? Or? 
I think so, at least for a little bit. I'll have to send you a little picture so you can flag them down if you see them or something. And then you'll see these, these, these two crazy ladies from America chasing them down like, the oh, street no. and saying that we know their sons. Yeah. Well, yeah. there, you, there you go. But no, it's so, a beautiful day here in Rome. It's 80 degrees, Matt, if you can believe it or not. 80 well, degrees got, here in Rome. It got cold here. You guys got, uh, got great weather. I know. What are, you, what are you and Kelly going to yep. be up to today? Well, we are, right now, this is a funny story, but since everybody thinks uh, travel is so glamorous, we were supposed to go back up to Umbria for a few days of prayer and reflection, but Kelly's luggage didn't make it from her flight, and so we had to hang around here in Rome. You know, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, we love Rome. But so we're just literally waiting for the plane to come in to get her luggage, and then we're going to go back up to Umbria, and we're going to be meeting a group on, on Saturday, and that's where our pilgrimage begins. We're going to begin our pilgrimage in Todi, the beautiful historical town of Todi, Spending three nights there, we're going to go to Orvieto for the Eucharistic Miracle of Bolsena. And then we're also going to be going to Assisi and some other areas. So the pilgrimage doesn't begin until officially on Saturday, but we always like to come a few days early and just kind of, you know, chill and give ourselves some downtime, go over the itinerary, and really just pray more for the ladies who are coming with us. So, yeah, we're we're here right now in Rome. It's a very exciting day, waiting for luggage at Fumachino Airport. Well, see, <laughs> That's it's, our a shame. Game today, so. it's a shame that Kelly's not there with someone who knows how to shop Rome in case the baggage doesn't Well, you know, it's so funny you should say that. We're going to offer it up and see what kind of shoes we can find for Kelly. Oh. <laughs> She's right here. Say hi real quick. Oh, sure. I'm Why not? We never Hold get on. to talk to Kelly. Hello, how are you? Hey, Kelly, how's it going? Is Teresa telling the truth about all the things that you're doing? I just need to verify this through a second witness. Yes, I am the second witness. It is, ver- it is verifiable. We are on the streets of Rome right now waiting for luggage to get going back to the airport, but enjoying all the sights and the sounds and the smells and the taste. It's been so far so good. Well, uh, I was just going to ask you, are you going to be, I, I mean, Teresa's doing a lot of Catholic Connection stuff from Italy over the course of these past Several weeks. Are you going to be able to do some joining of Teresa on Catholic Connection while you're over there? I hope so. I, I'm pretty sure. Love to be on the radio with her. It's, it's pretty easy to be talking to your sister on the radio, especially about the things you love. And one of those things is obviously Rome and Italy and everything about it. And we have a great group coming with us. We've got 46 women joining with us on oh, Saturday. Wow. So we're getting prepared for them to take them throughout um, all of Italy. Is the wine, it's called Wine and Shrine. So all the, see all the beautiful shrines on this pilgrimage. Well, let me ask you then, uh, since we've only got a moment left, before you hand the phone back to Teresa, do you have a favorite shrine that you like to take people to or that you like to go and sneak off to and pray? Oh, my favorite place is Santa Maria Sopra Minerva. So it's right across from the Pantheon. It's the only Gothic church in Rome. And it's where you can visit Catherine of Siena. But it's it's just so beautiful. It is it's my favorite. I mean, I know we've got all these all these wonderful churches in Rome, but that's that's my favorite one. So I'll leave you on that and hand you back the tea. How's that? Sounds pretty good to me. All right, thanks, Matt. God bless. You too, Kelly. All right. Okay, so I'm I'm trying to figure out where we're going to be a week from today uh, on the trip. Will you be in Cody or Orvieto? So it'll be fun when you call next week. We'll have some real descriptive stuff to yeah. talk about. Yeah, I hope to you're talking getting about. some some pictures too, because uh, you know that's a that's a Eucharistic miracle site. So yes, we are. We're going to be touring the the uh, Basilica of uh, Orvieto first thing in the morning. We're having mass there actually, and Deacon Dom is going to be with us for that. And then we have a wonderful guide, Isabetta, who's amazing, and she's going to explain to the ladies, why the facade of the church is so detailed, because it was literally painting the Bible for people. That's how they learned their faith. And then she walks us inside in all the different chapels, and especially explains the beautiful chapel where the, or, uh, the Eucharistic Miracle is housed. So, yeah, so hopefully, 
If you give us a ring on Monday, God willing, a week from today, we'll be in Ottawa. Lovely. Well, very cool. And uh, you be safe out there. Find uh, find that luggage, and if you don't, I'll make sure that you take care of Kelly over there. Well, can you um, please pray to St. Anthony, have listeners pray to St. Anthony for Kelly? We've been praying to him all morning to make sure that luggage arrives on the, I mean, uh, the, the flight from Amsterdam. He's partial to Italian causes, so I'm guessing so. True, and she's with an Italian, so it should work, I'm thinking. It should work. It should work. Works every time. Works every time. Teresa Tamio, thank you so much for joining us from Italia, and we'll be praying for safe travels for those pilgrims that are meeting you later this week and for Kelly's luggage to land safely. Have a great day. (laughs) Thank you. Ciao. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Of course, Teresa is on weekdays on EWTN. Catholic Connection is a uh, co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio. And, uh, yeah, it is live radio. And if you ever doubted that, just, uh, just go back and listen to that segment. 14 past. We're back with headlines right after this. Lord, teach me to pray. The Ignatian Prayer Series can now train you and others electronically to become facilitators and bring the Ignatian way of prayer to your parish. Come to know and love Jesus Christ like never before and help others do the same. Don't pass up the opportunity to join this work of the new evangelization. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com and click on Digital Training. That's LordTeachMeToPray.com and click on Digital Training. Support for the Sunrise Morning Show is from Visiting Angels. Visiting Angels provides experienced, compassionate care to millions of aging adults nationwide by keeping them safe and healthy in the comfort of their own home. Whether it's a short break for caregivers or for long-term assistance, Visiting Angels provides hygiene, meals, light housework, companionship, and more. And services are available up to 24 hours per day. Visiting Angels, online at visitingangels.com. That's visitingangels.com. Franchise opportunities available. Mystic Monk Coffee has brought back their pumpkin spice blend, and unlike the competition, buying their coffee has the added bonus of supporting the Carmelite Monks of Wyoming and the Sunrise Morning Show. Go to sunrisemorningshow.com and click the Mystic Monk link to get that or any of their other coffee blends or teas. When you check out, we earn a commission. And there's no better vessel for your Mystic Monk pumpkin spice latte than a Sunrise Morning Show mug or travel mug. Find those in our online store. Do pumpkin spice the Catholic way. Just head on over to sonrisemorningshow.com. He was a Jesuit, a cardinal, and a doctor of the church. Matthew Bunsen and the doctors of the church. St. Robert Bellarmine is honored for his immense contributions to theology, including helping to draft two important catechisms that defended church teachings during the Protestant revolt. Pope Clement VIII named Bellarmine a cardinal because, as the Pope put it, Bellarmine had not his equal for learning. He died in 1621. To find out more about the doctors of the church, visit EWTN.com and click on Catholicism. 17 minutes past the hour. Here's Anna with headlines. As the death toll mounts after Hamas's coordinated attack on Israel and Israel's retaliation over the weekend, Pope Francis is calling for peace and an end to the violence in Israel. During his Angelus Address catechesis yesterday, the Holy Father reflected on the parable of the wicked tenant, saying that ingratitude leads to violence. And many banks and government offices are closed today in observance of Columbus Day. Again, today, the Feast of St. John Henry Newman, and uh, he is famous for a lot of things. Um, but uh, we, we invoke him often at the Coming Home Network. Tonight on The Journey Home, the story we're telling is of Mother Petra, who is a oh, Byzantine nice. 
sister yeah. at a monastery in Ohio, and uh, she grew up Wesleyan. Uh, went to Indiana Wesleyan. Has a uh, family full of Wesleyan church planters and pastors mm-hmm. and missionaries. What is the difference between Wesleyan and Methodist? Because okay, so John Methodists Wesley founded, founded the Methodist yeah. Church. Right. Uh, Wesleyans tend to be more, uh, more kind of low church. Okay. But very much into like the holiness tradition, like living a life of holiness. Mm-hmm. Um, Is that more of what you had? I was more in the Wesleyan holiness tradition through the Nazarenes, which are a separate kind of slightly charismatic-ish. Wow. Was, well, they're more like more like 19th century charismatic than 20th century charismatic. Sure. Okay. And then Free Methodist was part of my background, too, and they've got roots Wow. Before the Civil War, their particular split. But it all comes through like Wesleyanism all has Anglican roots. Wesley, John Wesley went to reform the Anglican Church. Interestingly enough, that's also what John Henry Newman went to do. It's just that when John Wesley went to reform the Church of England, <laughs> he ended up starting a movement that was separate from the Church of England. Whereas when John Henry Newman went to try and figure out how to reform the Engl- the uh, Church of England by going back to the roots, he ended up uh, finding out the Catholic going and joining Church the Catholic Church. Actually, the roots. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, what's interesting is, and, and Marcus points this out a lot, uh, there's a there's an often misunderstood... Marcus Grodi. Marcus Grodi. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that, you know, people will toss this idea out that to be deep in history is to cease to be Protestant. And it is a... Uh, it is a... John Henry Newmanism. John Henry Newman actually said. Mm -hmm. But Marcus always likes to point out, he didn't say to be deep in history is to become Catholic. (laughs) Because you could go deep in history and not come to the conclusion that John Henry Newman went uh, to, which is to to enter the Catholic Church. Um, But what Newman says in the context of that is like, if there's one thing that's clear, it's that if there was anything resembling modern Protestantism in the early church... It has been completely wiped out so that zero trace of it appears anywhere Yeah, in those first several centuries of the church. Can't find Protestantism. Nope. So he would say... Unless, yeah, unless you want to count heretics as the Protestants. Yeah, but those are those yeah. are typically... They don't count. Not Christians. Right. Because they not tend truly. to... Yeah. They tend to either diminish the incarnation or the divinity of Jesus mm-hmm. or reject them entirely. Whereas I believe every Protestant listening right now believes in the full humanity and full divinity of Jesus. Sure. I'm just, they really are. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. At any rate, so next time you hear that quote, don't just assume that studying church history will make you Catholic. But do know that uh, you will probably, like I did, discover that the, uh, the modern Protestant stuff is not there, not present. Mm-hmm those early centuries of Christianity. John Henry Newman, pray for us. Sacred Heart Radio is your local Catholic station and your source for news from the Catholic perspective. SacredHeartRadio.com is where you can find and share information on issues facing Ohio in November that are so important to the pro-life community. And that's not to mention our commitment to prayer. At SacredHeartRadio.com, you'll find resources and events to help you pray for a culture of life. So please visit SacredHeartRadio.com, your local source for pro-life information and prayer. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors. Equipped with the latest technology and market knowledge, Hoting Realtors can make the buying and selling process easier. 
513-451-4800 and hoting.com. It's not over. Unplanned pregnancies still happen. I'm Marianne Koharski, Director of Pro-Life Across America. In my 30-plus years, I've never seen such a concerted attempt to silence our efforts and at a time when it's most needed. There's a powerful effort to prevent and block our pro-life messages. Our billboards, social media, and digital ads are all impacted. Our messages feature a hotline number connecting callers with more than 3,000 pregnancy support centers across America, offering alternatives to abortion, free ultrasound, and pregnancy assistance. Babies' lives are being saved. The need still exists. It really does. And Pro-Life Across America needs your help. Please find us at ProLifeAcrossAmerica.org. Did you know I could suck my thumb before I was born? Yep, we all started small. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Fred Espenchide Plumbing. For plumbing and remodeling, Fred brings 55 years of experience to his work. Licensed in Ohio and Kentucky. Fred Espenchide, your pro-life plumber. 859-441-0950. 859-441-0950. It's 23 minutes past the hour. You're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Happy to have you along with us on this Columbus Day, the feast of St. John Henry Newman. Pray for us. Brendan Hodge joining us again on the Sunrise Morning Show. He is Darwin from the Darwin Catholic blog. He's author of If You Can Get It, a novel from Ignatius Press, and is a contributing editor to The Pillar as well. Good morning, Brendan. Good morning. Good to be on with you. It is good to have you back. And the Ohio Department of Health recently released the 2022 abortion report for the state and uh, wanted to talk to you about this to get some of the data from there as Ohio is looking ahead to the November election with issue one, which if passed would enshrine a right to abortion in the state constitution. And um yeah, I think some of these numbers will have some, I don't know, some force in terms of um, how people look at what is at stake in Ohio. So what was the total for the year in terms of abortions in Ohio in 2022? And how does that compare to recent years in the state? So in Ohio in 2022, there were 18,488 abortions. Um, that represents an abortion rate of 7.8 abortions per thousand reproductive age women. Um, and that actually represents a significant decrease, an 18% decrease from the previous year in 2021 when there were more than 20,000 abortions. Um, Ohio, like a lot of the country, had seen a trend over. Um, sort of over the long period that abortions increased rapidly in the 1970s, peaked in 1982, and then kind of went on a long, slow decline. So you can see the efforts of pro-life laws and pro-life culture in Ohio to reduce abortions from a high of just over 45,000 in 1982, when, of course, there were also fewer people in Ohio. So that, that was a much higher abortion rate, down to about 20,000 in the last 10 years since 2012. And then uh, what we saw last year is that there was a drop 
from that uh, 20,000 number to 18,000. Now, Ohio's heartbeat law went into effect the day that Roe v. Wade was overturned. So June 24th, 2022, the Ohio Attorney General got a judge to unblock the heartbeat law that had been on the books for I don't remember how long, but obviously could not go into effect with with Roe being the law of the land. So it was in effect from June 24th until September 14th when a judge blocked it, claiming that it was against the Ohio Constitution. Now, um, I know the abortion report doesn't uh, break this down month by month, so I guess we can't really say this for sure, Brendan, but do you think it's likely that this huge drop um, from 2021 to 2022 um, could at least in part be due to the heartbeat law? I do think that that would make a lot of sense. Uh, There aren't really a lot of other factors that we would see which would cause such a dramatic change. And one thing that does stand out is um, the report does break down the number of abortions by the point in pregnancy. So it it looks at the difference between abortions that took place before nine weeks, nine to 12 weeks, 13 to 18 weeks, 19 to 20, and then 21 plus. And what we see is that there was a significantly larger decrease in those later-term abortions, so abortions after nine weeks, whereas there was a fairly small decrease in abortions before nine weeks. Mm. So I think that we were seeing that heartbeat bill come into effect and, uh, and significantly reduce the number of abortions later in the pregnancy while having an effect, but less of an effect, on the number of abortions in those first nine weeks. And this is significant because if issue one in Ohio were to fail, which means that abortion would not be enshrined in the Ohio Constitution, presumably a judge would not be able to continue blocking the heartbeat law any further. So um, that could go into effect and presumably see another large decrease in the amount of abortions in Ohio. Do you think? Yes. Yes, precisely. So could you talk more about the number of abortions that were performed um, on out-of-state residents? I think this is also significant, uh, given that Indiana and Kentucky um, both have abortion bans, so there would be uh, women coming in from out-of-state, presumably in Ohio. Yes, that's that's an interesting thing that we see here. So when we look at the abortions performed on Ohio residents, uh, those went down from 20,700 to 17,200. So a drop of um, 3,500. However, when we look at the number of abortions performed on out-of-state residents, those actually increased in 2022 by about 200. So they went from 1,100 to 1,300. And uh, probably what we are seeing there is that uh, an additional 200 women came in from out of state in order to receive abortions in Ohio. Mm. Uh, Just quickly, Brendan, anything else that that stands out in this report to you um, in light of issue one coming up next month? I think the other thing that really stands out here is the importance of uh, providing pro-life support to women in pregnancy. The, by far the largest number of women who received abortions were 
unmarried women in their 20s who already had one or two children and were not using any kind of contraception when they got pregnant. Wow. So those are the people who are needing help, and those are people who don't have a lot of support in society. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Brendan Hodge, really appreciate you looking into this. We've got the Darwin Catholic blog linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Thank you so much. Thank you. Half past the hour now on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's time for news. Pope Francis has called for an end to the attacks and violence in Israel. This coming after surprise attacks from Hamas and Israeli retaliation over the weekend. The deaths are mounting after Hamas's coordinated attack on Israel. More than a thousand Israelis and Palestinians have been killed while officials have confirmed some American casualties. Israel, which has responded with airstrikes in Gaza, formally declared war on the militant group yesterday. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu vowed that Israel would take mighty vengeance. Meanwhile, President Biden is sending additional assistance to Israel following Saturday's deadly attacks by Hamas militants. Mark Mayfield has more. The White House says the president spoke with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu on Sunday and told him more aid will follow in the coming days. Meanwhile, the Pentagon is moving U.S. Navy ships and military aircraft closer to Israel in a show of support. A spokesperson for the Israeli Defense Forces confirmed at least 700 people have been killed in Israel. Palestinian officials reported more than 400 dead after Israeli airstrikes on Gaza. I'm Mark Mayfield. Several major U.S. airlines canceled flights to Israel because of the ongoing conflict. American, United, and Delta Airlines canceled weekend flights to Tel Aviv from major U.S. cities, including Chicago, New York, Newark, and San Francisco. A spokesperson for Delta said the airline would work with the U.S. government to assist with the safe return of any Americans who want to come home. Pope Francis, during his Sunday Angelus address to the faithful in St. Peter's Square, said terrorism and war would only bring further death and suffering to innocent people and not solve any problems. The Holy Father said war is only a defeat, and he urged the people to pray for peace in Israel and in Palestine. He specifically encouraged the faithful to pray the rosary in this month of October dedicated to the Holy Rosary for peace, for peace in Israel as well as in Ukraine. During his Angelus Address catechesis yesterday, the Pope reflected on the parable of the wicked tenants, saying that ingratitude leads to violence. From Vatican Radio, Sister Bernadette Reese reports. Reflecting on this parable, Pope Francis said that the tenants should have been grateful for what they received and for how they had been treated. Instead, ingratitude gave rise to greed and a progressive sense of rebellion grew within them, leading them to see the situation in a distorted way, to feel that the owner was in their debt rather than that they were in debt to the owner who had given them work. And thus the Pope said, from being tenants, they become assassins. Pope Francis went on to explain that in this parable, Jesus reminds us what happens when a person deceives him or herself into thinking that what he or she does, they do on their own, and they forget to be grateful. This attitude, the Pope said, can lead to dissatisfaction, misunderstandings, resentment, and ultimately violence. Sì, cari fratelli e sorelle, l'ingratitudine genera violenza. Yes, dear brothers and sisters, he said, ungratefulness generates violence, while a simple thank you can bring back peace. The Holy Father invited us to ask ourselves if we are aware that life and faith, our very selves and everything we have, 
come from the grace of the Lord. And if in response to grace, we know how to say thank you. Pope Francis concluded his Angelus reflection with a prayer that the Blessed Virgin Mary, whose soul glorifies the Lord, might help us to make gratitude the light that dawns daily in our hearts. I'm Sister Bernadette Reese. The death toll is rising after a pair of powerful earthquakes rocked Afghanistan. The Taliban says more than 2,000 people were killed, 9,000 others injured. The first quake hit western Afghanistan on Saturday, registering 6.3 on the Richter scale, and that was followed by a 6.1 quake. A spokesperson for the Taliban's Ministry of Disasters said more than 1,300 houses were damaged or destroyed. United Auto Workers Union members at the Volvo Group-owned Mack Trucks are set to go on strike this morning after rejecting a tentative contract agreement. In a letter yesterday, UAW President Sean Fain said a majority of workers voted against the deal. It had included a 19% pay raise. That's the news on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 35 minutes past the hour. Have you used our QR code to download the Sacred Heart Radio app? The app lets you hear Sacred Heart Radio from anywhere and gives you access to the Sunrise Morning Show and Driving Home the Faith podcast. To get the app, visit sacredheartradio.com and scan the QR code. This is Chris Knockelman, owner of Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Our family has been a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio for more than a decade, and we encourage other businesses to do the same. Find us at skpha.com, skpha.com. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. Diamond and CBN are the most advanced cutting tools because they are the hardest materials known. These enable you to machine three to eight times faster compared to carbide while reducing downtime for tool changes by 90%. Improve your productivity when machining hard, cast, and powdered metals or difficult-to-machine materials. Find out more at TheAbrasiveOne.com. That's the number one, TheAbrasiveOne.com. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this feast of St. John Henry Newman, Columbus Day. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Knockman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. Definitely feeling cooler today. Right now, temperatures in the mid-40s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, clouds early, then sun today and a high of 62 degrees. Clear tonight and cool again with an overnight low of 40 Lots of sun tomorrow with a high of 64 degrees. For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, possibility of an early morning shower, then partly sunny and breezy today with a high of 59 degrees. A few clouds tonight, areas of frost possible with an overnight low of 38. Few afternoon clouds, but otherwise mostly sunny tomorrow with a high of 62. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Father Patrick Briscoe from Our Sunday Visitor. And you can find him linked at osv.com. We've got him put up there at sunrisemorningshow.com as well. Father Briscoe, how are you? Hey, good morning, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Great to be with you. Great to be with you as well. There's so many things going on in the calendar. Um, I tend to uh, take a look at John Henry Newman 
because of uh, my personal uh, connection to Newman on my path into the church. Uh, Do you guys do anything big for Newman with the Dominicans? Because if I recall correctly, wasn't he baptized by a Dominican or confirmed by one rather? That's a great question. You know, I have to admit my Newman knowledge is extraordinarily lacking. I, I do know this, though, that the intellectual conference that was held around Newman's canonization was hosted by the Dominicans at the Angelicum in Rome. So you know we're certainly we're certainly paying our our homage now. We might say. <laughs> I'm realizing that uh, the dumb the person who confirmed him. I, I I know why I got this mixed up. Was actually a passionist, uh, but his name was Dominic. <laughs> so, ah, there we go. Okay. <laughs> he was he was Dominican only in uh, by virtue of uh, the person he took the name of. But uh, let's talk about another. Uh, blessed uh, Carlo Acutis, and you've got some interesting connections here to explore and share with us this morning. Tell us about that. Well, October, as you're pointing out, is just such a great month for saints. And one of the one of the saints that we're going to celebrate pretty soon on October 12th is Blessed Carlo Acutis. And if you haven't heard of Blessed Carlo, uh, let me just tell you, there is so much about his life that is truly extraordinary. Blessed Carlo is the first millennial to be on the path. So I I feel very connected to Blessed Carlo just because of that fact alone. You know, this is the guy who's coming up from my generation. But I remember back in high school when Blessed Carlo launched his website on Eucharistic Miracles. It was the kind of thing that was being talked about, and my my catechism teacher actually knew about it and referred to it. And so I was on Blessed Carlo's website, you know, thousands of miles away while he was working on it. So uh, so blessed Car- part of Blessed Carlos' story is that he was a, a computer geek. He was really, really into tech. He knew a lot about coding uh, and, and really had a, had a true expertise there. And he used that interest to make catechetical websites in the early 2000s, which was, you know, groundbreaking stuff 20 years ago. Well, when you think about what people do to make websites now, I mean, you can go on some page builder and... You know, you can know next to nothing about the Internet and get on Canva and make cool graphics and, uh, you know, have your own little homepage and GoFundMe or whatever it is that you want to do. And Carlo was coding, man. He was doing, like, the original stuff, uh, which is pretty cool. My wife and I actually did a short um, bio about Carlo for uh, Liguori Publications back uh, it's been, gosh, I guess it's been like two years now. And it's just fascinating to see all the layers of relatability with Carlo. I think um, he sort of breaks down this sense that, you know, if you're going to be a person serious about the Catholic faith and living the sacraments, then you can't have any fun or live a normal life. When in fact, uh, here's a kid who was into soccer. Here's a kid who played video games, a kid who, you know, was trying to figure out how to do a do okay in class, uh, you know, wanted to hang out with his friends, like to eat gelato. Like, you can be a person who's kind of normal and live the sacramental life and be a holy person at the same time. I know this doesn't, this shouldn't sound crazy, but I think for some of us it does feel like weird that a normal person could be a saint. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And, um, you know, part, part of the reason why Carlo feels so close to us is he's close to us in time. But he's close to us by by, by disposition, like you're suggesting. I, I, I had the occasion, actually, um, Monday of last week, to preach to Blessed Carlo's mother during a mass at Catholic University of America about Blessed Carlo. 
which is pretty which is pretty wild. So breaches, uh, you talk about having a fact checker in the audience. My goodness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was certainly it was certainly I was certainly a little nervous for that reason. But but um, but being so devoted to Leslie Carl, I was more excited than anything else. And it was the Feast of Guardian Angels. He had a great devotion to the Guardian Angel, as you, as you know. So so that was an added gift of providence. So I had something easy to say there. But uh, but it's the case that uh, the Blessed Carlo was fully alive. That's what everyone testifies to. That's what his mother says. That's what his parish priest says. That this this was a boy that that was just living. That was living life. That was living life to the full. And it was that. It was that that made him so. Um, so appealing to people. I mean, he wasn't holier than thou. He was never judgmental. He often defended classmates when they were being made fun of or, or excluded. And um, so he was known for, for being generous. And, and he was okay with the times that being faithful, the times that uh, really living the faith ostracized him. And he lived those moments, those moments well, um, never, never betraying the church, never betraying what he thought was right. Yeah, little things um, that I discovered as I was putting together his story, like when some of his classmates would make, you know, disrespectful comments about the girls at the pool or whatever. He'd be like, hey, guys, uh, that's not cool. (laughs) You know, I mean, it wasn't that's not how you say it in Italian. But he would I mean, he would stand up for those little moral opportunities, those little moral moments. Um, There's another story that I found about how he had walked all, all the way up the hill in a CZ to go buy a gelato and got halfway down the hill in the middle of the summer and realized they'd uh, given him too much change back. So he walked all the way back up the hill and uh, gave back the change. These are not like massive decisions, right? These are not like massive heroic moments of martyrdom, but they do take a little bit of effort, man, a little bit of virtue, a little bit of, uh, you know, you trying to make the right thing when the easy thing would be right in front of you, which is to just let it go and live your life. But, but he took those opportunities. Yeah, that's exactly right. Pursuing virtue, and, and that that was huge for Blessed Carlo. He did so intentionally. I think that that a lot of us are tempted to just kind of hope that if we bumble along, we'll live a good enough life. Uh, but that wasn't the way that Blessed Carlo lived. You know, he he was very intentional about pursuing virtue and about growing uh, always in the spiritual life and and the way that he lived. And so it was that kind of. Uh, it, it was that that sense of determination, really, that, that drove really that drove him um, in pursuit of holiness. So, after giving that you know little exposition on the life of Carlo, did you get to actually talk to his mom? Did she review you? Did she did she tell you how it, how it went? Or <laughs> oh yes, we we, uh, we spent quite a bit of time together. Actually, we walked across campus and then attended a dinner. And uh, in that conversation, I asked her. You know, a number of questions, but but uh, but my favorite was I asked her if she had a favorite Eucharistic miracle, and she started to say because of course Blessed Carlo was very devoted to spreading the word about Eucharistic miracles, right? And she started to say, well, Luciano, because it's the original, and then she paused and she said, no, actually, Sococa, because because of the heart tissue, she thought it was so beautiful that 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 Eucharistic host was transformed into the heart. Of Christ, so I was very moved by that. Well, very cool. Uh, not often that you get to meet the mom of a saint. You know, Carlo was born in 1991, meaning that Paul Lockman, who dialed you up on the line this morning, is a year older than Carlo would be right now. I mean, this is <laughs> this is a guy who's, you know, a, a fairly young guy. Wouldn't even be. Uh, I mean, he's. 
it's, it's just fascinating. I mean, when they were interviewing his friends, uh, you know, ahead of his beatification, I saw these guys. I'm like, these kids, these are kids. Like, it's it's wild. Uh, and so if Carlo can make it, uh, I feel like some of us Gen Xers have a shot, too. <laughs> There's hope for Gen Xers. They can be saved if millennials can. If millennials can be saved, anybody can be saved. I mean, man, <laughs> let's be honest, Father. Well, thank you so much, Father Patrick Briscoe. We've got our Sunday visitor linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Have a great day. God bless. All right. We're back right after this. It's a quarter till. We need your help. Hello, I'm Marianne Koharski, Director of Pro-Life Across America. In my 30-plus years, I've never seen such a concerted attempt to silence our efforts and at a time when it's most needed. There's a powerful effort to prevent and block our pro-life messages. Our billboards, social media, and digital ads are all impacted. Unplanned pregnancies still happen. Our ads feature a hotline number connecting callers with more than 3,000 pregnancy support centers across America, offering alternatives to abortion, free ultrasound, and pregnancy help. Babies' lives are being saved. The need still exists. It really does. And Pro-Life Across America needs your help. To donate, please find us at ProLifeAcrossAmerica.org. Did you know I could suck my thumb before I was born? Yep, we all started small. We know a lot of you love anything pumpkin-flavored, and others, well, not so much. But the Mystic Monks of Wyoming are taking care of both of you with their coffee. That's right. Their seasonal favorite pumpkin spice blend is available, along with other normal flavors. And when you purchase them after clicking the Mystic Monk link at sunrisemorningshow.com, you earn us a commission. While you're at our site, pick up a Sunrise Morning Show mug in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. The most original and exclusive Catholic content is on EWTN Radio. One time somebody said to me, why don't you air these people? And I said, no, because I don't think they're Catholic. He says, by what right do you have to say that? I said, I own the network. (laughs) Mother Angelica Live Classics. Every morning, 2 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Hi, this is Cy Kellett. Later today on Catholic Answers Live, Carlo will be here. Two hours of open forum. Catholic Answers Live, 6 p.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Now back to the Sunrise Morning Show. 12 till, here's Anna with headlines. Pope Francis is calling for an end to the violence in Israel after the surprise attacks from Hamas and Israeli retaliation over the weekend. During his Angelus Address catechesis yesterday, the Pope reflected on the parable of the wicked tenants, saying that ingratitude leads to violence. And the death toll has been rising after a pair of powerful earthquakes rocked Afghanistan over the weekend. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Stephanie Mann. She has got a blog called Supremacy and Survival. And uh, she's also got a book of the same name called Supremacy and Survival, How Catholics Endured the English Reformation. Stephanie, good morning. Good morning. Well, we are celebrating the Feast of St. John Henry Newman because it's his feast on the calendar. But anybody who goes to Mass this morning or has already gone will probably not hear him mentioned officially in the prayers because 
at least on the U.S. calendar. You've got St. Denison Companions and St. John Leonardi, uh, which is kind of strange because St. John Henry Newman's kind of a big deal, and you think that maybe it's worth taking another look at getting him on there, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Yeah, right. He's not on even as an optional memorial, and so I think he should be – his fee should be honored on this date uh, with a, a memorial. That would be then the obligatory mass for the day. I think there are at least three good reasons that I came up with. And one is that I guess I, I take them out of the order that I posted them. But I think the one that's the biggest one is both miracles that occurred that through his intercession, both for his beatification and for his canonization, came from Americans from people in the United States of America who had heard about him. Actually, they heard about him from a program on EWTN and had started their devotion to him in some way because of that. And they thought when, when they were facing health crises, they both of them, a deacon and a, 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 young, a mother uh, facing a, a crisis in her pregnancy, thought immediately to pray to John Henry Newman to heal them so that they could in the deacon's case, so he could continue his education, and in the mother's case, so that she could save her, her baby could be saved, the bleeding could stop, and her baby could be saved, and she could deliver her little girl, uh, you know, completely healed and everything. So I think that's one of the most magnificent reasons. The other one is that, I mean, since 1893, that just three years after his death, the name Newman has been on uh college campuses, the secular universities and colleges in the United States with Newman centers. Uh, Now I think they're often just called campus ministry centers, but they began as Catholic uh, places for Catholic students to gather, to receive the sacraments, to continue their Catholic education on a secular campus when they may hear many things that challenge what they've been taught if they went to Catholic schools through high school. And learn it in a Newmanian way with the emphasis on uh, instructing the laity, forming the laity so that the laity could continue to practice their faith and to defend the Catholic faith in, in different ways. All right. So two of those my are two, big reasons. Those and, are two pretty strong reasons. Uh, and we actually had yes. uh, Deacon Jack Sullivan, who was one of those miracles on the Sunrise yes. Morning Show back when that was really kind of in process. Mm-hmm. Um, I know... Uh, actually, several. I mean, there's there's a <clears throat> a whole thing, and this isn't one of your arguments specifically, but I know tons and tons of people who were in the Church of England or some offshoot of it, whether Episcopalians yes. or Anglican Church, Church of North America or something, uh, some sort of continuing Anglican communion, who are now Catholic and have come mm-hmm. in through the personal ordinariate, uh, which right. was established by Pope Benedict, and Almost to a person, every single one of them says that Newman factored into their yes. journey towards Rome. So you got Americans all over the place uh, who can uh, talk yes. to Newman as, yeah. as an influence. But that, I think, speaks to something deeper, which is uh, one of the other points that you make on here is Newman's uh, concept of the new evangelization, which a lot of people misunderstand, really is kind of close to yes. the heart of what Paul VI and every pope after him really meant by the new evangelization. Right, because Newman, both as an Anglican and as a Catholic, one of his main projects was not just through education, but through his preaching ministry and through being an Anglican, uh, being an Anglican minister and then an Oratorian priest, was to move Christians and then and then more specifically Catholics to 
really understanding their faith and giving not just the kind of general consent, yeah, I'm a Christian, yeah, I'm a Catholic, but giving that real assent that he said could really only come through, not through argument or not through, you know, kind of a rational argument or something like that, but he has a great, great line. Uh, the heart is commonly reached not through reason, but through the imagination, by means of direct impressions, by the testimony of facts and events, by history, by description. And this is the best line. Persons influence us. Voices melt us. Looks subdue us. Deeds inflame us. Many a man will live and die upon a dogma. No man will be a martyr for a conclusion. So his argument that, that it will have to be through personal influence, and that's particularly why he was so interested in, in the laity, especially as an oratorian, forming the uh, little brothers, and then now that the oratorians have the little sisters of the oratory to be able to defend their faith, to be able to express their faith so that uh, they could bring other souls to Christ and also just confirm members of their own family and their own circle of friends in their Catholic faith. And so he's he's very important for the new evangelization. And and I've taught a couple of classes at our local Newman University on, on this theme. But if you look at uh, Bishop Robert Barron and Bishop James uh, Conley and many others and Father late Father Ian Carr, his great biographer, they both emphasize this, that he is a perfect patron saint for the new evangelization. And I, I guess you could also say for the Eucharistic revival that we're going through here in the United States, because it's it's not just the concept that Jesus, that in Holy Communion we receive body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus that we need to inculcate. It's the reality of that, that we need to bring to people. And Newman has that way because through imagination, through history, through examples, through stories. I mean, just like the stories we tell of the Catholic martyrs so often here on the Sunrise Morning Show. That's the way you bring people to realize that this is real. This is true. This is life. It, it, the Catholic faith is and, and our, our sacraments are. So, yes, I think that's maybe the preeminent reason that he should be on the the church calendar, and I propose he should be a memorial. Uh, the, in England, they moved the Saint Denis and Saint John Leonardi and another uh, local saint to the tenth of October. Just so to make room for Newman, the ninth of October could be a memorial. Yes. Yeah. Well, and uh, one little thing to tack on to the end of this: a lot of people who have uh, sure. feasts on the calendar, uh, their feast day is the day that they've died. Newman. His feast day is October 9th. He died on August 11th in 1890, but it was on October 9th in 1845 when he formally entered the Catholic Church. And that's his feast day, is the day that he was confirmed yes, as a Catholic. So, so pretty cool. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie. You've got all these things enumerated over at your blog, Supremacy and Survival. It's linked at yes. sunrisemorningshow.com. Have a wonderful day. We'll talk to you soon. God bless you. Thank you. All right, that wraps it up for the Sunrise Morning Show on a Monday morning for our EWTN family. Talk to you all tomorrow. John Henry Newman, pray for us. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace.
Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home the Faith when Dr. Michael Carter will respond to the negative history around the story of Christopher Columbus. H.W. Crocker will present the newest edition of his history book entitled Triumph. I will speak about the story of the martyr St. Dennis, the frequent traffic and weather. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to praise the King. Hi, I'm Mara Kegney-Tipton with the Kegney Family and Cowell Banker Real Estate, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. My father, Guy, brother, Patrick, and I are here to help your family find the perfect home. If you have any real estate questions, 513-720-1411. Working to see the culture of life prevail in the Miami Valley, Dayton Right to Life is here to protect God's gift of life through law, education, and community action, from fertilization to natural death. Find Dayton Right to Life online at DaytonLife.org. That's DaytonLife.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Twin Dental of Cincinnati. Since 1986, twin brothers, doctors David and Michael Rothen, have been providing superior dental care in a relaxed and comfortable setting for the entire family. The twin dental doctors utilize advanced dentistry techniques from sedation to implants and the latest in cosmetic options to preserve and beautify smiles. Twin Dental, located just off the I-275 exit at Hamilton Avenue. For a complimentary evaluation, 513-825-6111 and online at twindental.com. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Stegman Landscape. Serving the tri-state since 1979, Stegman Landscape can create a picture-perfect landscape all year long. From design, installation, and maintenance to retaining walls, patios, and outdoor fireplaces to enjoy any season, Stegman Landscape can do it all. Stegman Landscape. Making the world more beautiful one yard at a time. 859-781-1562 and online at stegmanlandscape.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Ken Herbert Plumbing, licensed in Ohio and Kentucky. All their plumbers are bonded, insured, drug tested, and background checked for peace of mind. Rated A-plus from the BBB. Ken Herbert Plumbing, 513-383-2974. Are you looking for peace? Longing for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into the suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. And click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB. This is Deacon Mike Erb with St. Ignatius of Loyola Parish in Mumford Heights. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Arise, it's a new day. Hear his word. On this Monday, the 9th of October, the Feast of St. John Henry Newman, let's pray together a surrender prayer by him in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I sacrifice to thee, O Lord, this cherished wish, this lust, this weakness, this scheme, this opinion. Make me what thou wouldst have me. I bargain for nothing. I make no terms. I seek for no previous information whither thou art taking me. I will be what thou wilt make me in all that thou wilt make me. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. St. John Henry Newman, pray for us. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. We are glad that you're with us here on a Monday, Columbus Day as well. So uh, some of you have the day off of work and or school, but we're glad that you uh, woke up with us anyway. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. We'll talk to Dr. John Papino from the Institute of Catholic Culture about a little, uh, little topic he'll be presenting. Dr. Leonard De Lorenzo along as well. We'll also chat with Marlon De La Torre from knowingisdoing.org and Father Boniface Hicks with more thoughts on personal prayer. So much to get to here on a Monday morning. Right now, it is two minutes past the hour. News of service of Bridgetown Finer Meats and BridgetownFinerMeats.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. Good morning. Pope Francis is calling for an end to the attacks and violence in Israel. This after the surprise attacks from Hamas and the Israeli retaliation over the weekend. Deaths have been mounting after the coordinated attack by Hamas on Israel. More than a thousand Israelis and Palestinians have been killed and officials have confirmed some American casualties as well. Israel, which has responded with airstrikes in Gaza, formally declared war on the militant group yesterday. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu vowed that Israel would take mighty vengeance on Hamas. Pope Francis, during his Angelus address yesterday, prayed for peace. From Vatican Radio, Christopher Wells reports. Please stop the attacks and the weapons and understand that terrorism and war do not lead to any solution, but only to the death and suffering of so many innocent people. War, he said, is always a defeat. Every war is a defeat. Speaking after the Angelus prayer on Sunday, the Holy Father said he is falling with apprehension and his sorrow. The latest news from Israel, where violence has erupted even more ferociously, causing hundreds of deaths and injuries. The Pope expressed his sympathy to the families of victims and said he's praying for them and for all those who are experiencing hours of terror and anguish. The Pope invited everyone to pray for peace in Israel and Palestine. Fresh violence erupted unexpectedly in the Holy Land on Saturday when Palestinian Hamas militants launched a surprise attack on Israel, firing hundreds of rockets and launching armed incursions into Israel. Israel immediately launched retaliatory airstrikes, and the nation's prime minister said his country is at war. I'm Christopher Wells. During his Angelus address catechesis yesterday, the Holy Father reflected on the parable of the wicked tenants, which was the Sunday gospel. He said, ingratitude leads to violence. The death toll is rising after a pair of powerful earthquakes rocked Afghanistan this weekend. The Taliban says more than 2,000 people were killed and 9,000 others injured. The first quake hit western Afghanistan on Saturday, registering 6.3 on the Richter scale and was followed by a 6.1 magnitude quake. A spokesman for the Taliban's Ministry of Disasters said more than 1,300 houses were damaged or destroyed. United Auto Workers Union members at the Volvo Group-owned Mack Trucks are set to go on strike today after rejecting a tentative contract agreement. 
More from Mark Mayfield. In a letter Sunday, UAW President Sean Fain said a majority of workers voted against the deal, which included a 19% pay raise. The union represents roughly 4,000 workers in Pennsylvania, Maryland, and Florida. This comes as thousands of UAW members across at least 20 states remain on strike against the big three U.S. automakers. I'm Mark Mayfield. And many banks and government offices are closed today in observance of Columbus Day. Bank of America, Wells Fargo, and Citibank will be closed, but Chase and TD Bank will be open. The markets on Wall Street will also be open. The post office will be closed, but FedEx and UPS are running as usual. Coming up on 8.06 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger, Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Find them online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Lockman. It was a good week five for the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals offense finally came alive. Jamar Chase, he torched the Cardinals for 192 yards, three touchdowns and a 34-20 win in Glendale. Supposedly, it was our first win in Arizona in uh, franchise history. How about that? Uh, Joe Burrow completed 36 of 46 passing uh, passes for 317 yards. Those three touchdowns went to Chase. Jamar uh, uh, Joe Mixon carried the ball 25 times, 81 yards. Bengals look good, two and three, and uh, still sitting last place in the AFC North, but uh, will host the Seahawks next Sunday. Congratulations, your Ohio State Buckeyes remain undefeated though it looked uh, uh, it made me a little nervous at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. 37 to 17 final score Buckeyes improved to 5 and 0 and will visit Purdue next Saturday. That's always a uh, testy matchup between yeah. uh, those two teams and happy Columbus Day Blue Jackets will be back in action on Thursday to open up the NHL season. Jackets finished up uh, exhibition play with a 4-3-1 and one record. But uh, I just wanted to get that in since it is always, Columbus Day. Yeah, yeah. You know, absolutely. Minus, Got to yeah. get the Columbus teams in there. Yeah. So we do get baseball today, NLDS, uh, Arizona Diamondbacks taking on the uh, the Dodgers. Diamondbacks look really, really good. Yeah. Phillies also uh, in, in, in an impressive spot. They're in the driver's seat against the Braves. Um, both those teams, the Phillies and the Diamondbacks, lead those series one game to none. Mm-hmm. I'm excited, especially with the colder weather now. I, I still like thinking about baseball. I know, right? It's, uh, this is real October weather. Real October weather. Though it starts to warm up, I, I guess, in the middle of the week. But uh, first, let's get the traffic on a Monday. Traffic, a service of Larkin Cobb, Chevrolet, Buick, and GMC in Eaton, Ohio. On the web at LarkinCobb.com. Tell me something good. I'm sorry. We got a headache going on. Well, one in Cincinnati and one in Dayton. Left two lanes blocked on northbound 75 at Sharon Road. You're backed up uh, toward Paddock right now. The traffic map says about an hour delay right now. So might be a good idea to try to get over towards 71, which isn't looking bad at the moment. At the moment. At the moment. Um, although southbound 71, you are going to be a little bit, or I'm sorry, this is northbound 71, but not slowing from the Norwood lateral. You're slowing up until the Norwood lateral, and then you start clearing up. So if you're coming over from the lateral, you might still be okay. But anyway, slow traffic northbound 71. Um, no, I take that back. Oh my gosh, guys, I need to wake up on a Monday. I need another cup of coffee. Okay, northbound 71, you are slowing between the Norwood lateral 
and Ronald Reagan, things clearing out from there. But if you get off on Reagan and head over to 71 from 75, uh, you should be looking fairly good. Okay, we're going to move on. Now, we have an accident blocking the right two lanes of southbound 75 at Stanley in the Dayton area. And uh, looks like delays up to an hour on that one as well, backed up to I-70. And I am not even going to attempt to reroute for you because I just messed up the Cincinnati one. We'll move on to weather. It does feel like October now. Clouds early today in Cincinnati, then some sun with a high of 62 degrees. Clear skies again tonight with an overnight low of 40. Plenty of sun tomorrow. Still kind of cool with a with a high of 64. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, early morning shower possible today, then partly sunny this afternoon, a high of 59. A few clouds tonight with areas of frost possible and an overnight low of 38. A few afternoon clouds, but otherwise mostly sunny tomorrow and a high of 62 degrees. Today is Monday, October the 9th. It is the feast of St. John Henry Newman, also the feast of St. John Leonardi and Saint-Denis from Paris, the one who walked around with his head after being martyred. Pray for us. Also, big happy Columbus Day to everybody as well. The man who made it possible for the gospel to be brought here to America. Dr. John Papino is joining us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. He's a professor of Greek, Latin, history, and patristics at Guadalupe Seminary in Nebraska. He's history and patristics instructor for the Institute of Catholic Culture as well. Good morning, Dr. Papino. Good morning, Annie, and uh, happy feast day of St. Dennis and St. John Henry Newman to you. Yes, and to you as well. Thank you so much. So you've got a, a talk coming up at the ICC. This is tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on conquering the barbarians, the formation of the Latin West. Now, Dr. Papino, when I use the word barbarian, I would contend that most anybody using the word barbarian in this day and age would be using it to describe someone who is violent and uncivilized. Uh, does that fit in from a historical standpoint? Who were the barbarians? Well, that's a very good question, and it's a very good idea to shed our modern understanding of words when talking about the ancient world. The word barbarian is the word used by the Romans and the Greeks of antiquity simply to, to label those who don't speak uh, Greek or Latin, but speak some foreign language that to them sounded like they were simply saying bar, 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 huh. hence uh, barbarian. But, um, and it didn't necessarily in those days connote anything uh, violent. Uh, so, for example, um, even the Jewish people were considered barbarians simply because they, they spoke Hebrew, not Greek or, or Latin. Wow. Now, for the West, of course, I mean, barbarians come in, in all, you know, in all shapes and sizes. The civilization of North Africa, which, um, you know, was a, a, an advanced civilization, were called barbarians, as well as the Celts of Great Britain or the Germans uh, beyond the Rhine. So it applies to just all uh, foreigners generally. Um, but, so my talk, but what my talk is going to address is how Rome went from being this little hamlet on a hill 
overlooking a river and a swamp in the middle of Italy, <laughs> to bringing all of these Western peoples into its own civilization and in turn being influenced by them as she took over their, their lands. Yeah, okay. So when it comes to your lecture then, who, who was doing the conquering and why? Right. So, well, Rome ended up conquering, well, first the area around itself, Latium, and then uh, several areas of Italy. And then it got drawn into conflicts, uh, first into Sicily, North Africa, southern Gaul, Spain, and then, of course, so that's the beginning of it. And then, of course, the great figure of Julius Caesar, who simply, I think, wanted glory for himself and for Rome, ended up conquering all of Gaul, parts of Germany, and southern Britain. That is essentially the outline of how it happened, in the West anyway. And then this gradual process of turning all these people into uh, Latin-speaking peoples who venerated the gods of Rome. Yeah. And that is what Rome ended up doing to all those nations. And the flip side of that, and that's what the perspective from which we'll be looking at it also, is that Rome was playing, a, in a sense, a, a providential role, uniting the entire Mediterranean basin, of course, but my talk is going to focus on the, the West, mm -hmm. uniting the, the Western peoples into kind of a, a single empire, which then allowed Christianity to, uh, to use the Roman roads and the Roman institutions like blood in the bloodstream, Christianity spread throughout the empire, thanks to the work of men like Julius Caesar and others. Can you uh, describe that just a little more deeply before we, we let you go for this morning, just as more of a, a bit of a tease for, for folks sure. who I would uh, encourage to come join in and, and participate in this lecture again, um, because you anticipated my last question for you, Dr. Pepino, which was, what does any of this have to do with Catholicism? Right. Well, so the Roman Empire adopted uh, Greek philosophy and the Greek language to do philosophy, which is what allowed people like St. John, for example, to write his magnificent first chapter in his gospel on the Logos and so forth. They provided, the Romans did, uh, the infrastructure for uh, the epistles of St. Paul to to, to safely to get along the Roman roads. And also, by the end of the first century BC, the Romans had got rid of pirates throughout the Mediterranean, which means um, that people like St. Paul and St. Peter and St. Ignatius of Antioch and others, uh, although not always wing willingly, but certainly peacefully, could uh, set sail and, and cross the Mediterranean Sea. And so that work of pacification and of uh, unification of the Mediterranean world, specifically the West, of course, is what enabled Christianity to spread so successfully in its early years. Um, if Christianity had begun a century sooner, it could not have spread the way it did when it did. Wow. Well, how's that for a tease, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> Join Dr. Pepino for this lecture on Conquering the Barbarians, the Formation of the Latin West. You can find the Institute of Catholic Culture linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. It'll be live over Zoom, so you can watch from anywhere in the world. And, of course, as is everything with the Institute of Catholic Culture, free of charge. And uh, Dr. Pepino is actually going to be... 
teaching the next year-long course for the ICC on patristics. And so, Dr. Pepino, we'll have to have you back once registration opens for that to get uh, get a little peek at your plans for the patristics course at the ICC Oh, that would as well. be my pleasure, yes, yes. I would love it. So thank you so much for joining us this morning. We'll look forward to your lecture. Certainly. God bless, Annie. You too, Doc. Thanks. All right, it's 17 past. We're back with traffic and weather right after this. Jesus said, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Do business with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Check out the angels list on sacredheartradio.com. It's a list of businesses who underwrite Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. And if you'd like to get your business on the angels list, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Molly Maid of Westchester. Insured, screened, and drug-free employees deliver service with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. 1-800-MOLLY-MAID or at MollyMade.com. Molly Maid, a clean you can trust. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Bridgetown Finer Meats, the place to go for Wagyu beef. This beef is bred from authentic Wagyu genetics from legendary Japanese bloodlines. Holistically raised on local family farms, Wagyu is all natural with no added hormones, highly marbled, and absolutely delicious. Since 1979, Bridgetown Finer Meats has continually offered prime beef, top quality pork, Amish poultry, fresh seafood, and a vast array of homemade foods. Bridgetown Finer Meats, 574-3100 and online at BridgetownFinerMeats.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Sunset Janitorial Supply, a Catholic family business supplying the tri-state cleaning industry with commercial cleaning supplies, personal hygiene, equipment, and even machine repair. Free delivery to your business. More information at sunsetjanitorialsupply.com. Proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, Cincinnati Right to Life ensures that God-given rights are guaranteed for all simply by being human, regardless of age or stage, ability or disability. More information at 1-800-712-HELP. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Fred Espenchide Plumbing. For plumbing and remodeling, Fred brings 55 years of experience to his work. Licensed in Ohio and Kentucky. Fred Espenchide, your pro-life plumber. 859-441-0950. 859-441-0950. 19 past now on the Sunrise Morning Show. And this traffic report is a service of Rose Automotive pre-owned vehicles on Erie Highway in Hamilton on the web at roseautomotivegroup.com. Still got the accident blocking the left lane of northbound 75 at Sharon Road. You're backed up past Ronald Reagan and looks to be about a 20 to 30 minute delay at this point since they've opened up a lane since uh, the last time we had a traffic report here. Northbound 71 is slowing from about the Norwood lateral up toward Ronald Reagan. You start clearing up after that. In the Dayton area, still got the right two lanes blocked of South, at southbound at Stanley on southbound 75. And that has you backed up toward I-70, looking to be about an hour delay at this point. Now, for weather, clouds early today, then sun in Cincinnati with a high of 62 degrees. Clear skies tonight with an overnight low of 40 Plenty of sun tomorrow and high of 64. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, early morning shower, then partly sunny and breezy today with a high of 59. A few clouds tonight with areas of frost possible and an overnight low of 38. 
A few afternoon clouds tomorrow, but otherwise mainly sunny and a high of 62 degrees. Now, please pray with me the daily prayer for Ohio ahead of the November 7th election and issue one. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Ever living God, you give life and desire a future for all your children. Take hold of our nation, state, and community and awaken in every heart awe for the gift of life. Send your spirit to strengthen us with wisdom and fortitude as we defend mothers and children in Ohio from laws that disregard their health and safety. Mary and Joseph trusted in you and welcomed Jesus into our broken world. Father, we ask their intercession to protect the preborn and their mothers and to guide all parents in raising their children. May they help us build a civilization of love by upholding the sacredness of life, preserving parental rights, and accompanying pregnant women in need. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lady, Mother of the Family, pray for us. St. Joseph, Protector of the Unborn, pray for us. Dr. Leonard De Lorenzo joins us next. It's 22 past. Subscribe. Yes, by clicking the red subscribe button at sacredheartradio.com, you'll get an email with our show notes with the list of guests you'll hear that day on the Sunrise Morning Show or Driving Home the Faves. You'll also get the links to books, articles, and websites we've discussed and the full podcast with markers to find and hear the interview again. So to know when your favorite guests are on the Sunrise Morning Show and Driving Home the Faith, go to sacredheartradio.com and click subscribe. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from St. Margaret Hall, an assisted living and skilled nursing facility sponsored by the Carmelite Sisters for the Aged and Infirm. St. Margaret Hall has been providing loving care to the community for over 50 years. At St. Margaret Hall, your loved ones will receive 24-hour care from dedicated professionals with newly renovated stylish assisted living units. At St. Margaret Hall, the difference is love. On Madison Road, 513-751-5880. On the web at stmargarethall.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from J.C. Health Insurance agent George Justin. If you're turning 65, retiring, or simply have Medicare questions, George has answers. George is your pro-family, pro-life guide to Medicare, helping to simplify your transition by guiding you through the options to find a plan that meets your unique needs, all at no cost to you. Find out more from George Justin at J.C. Health Insurance, 859-414-6591. That's 859-414-6591. Sacred Heart Radio is blessed to have the support of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick GMC in Eaton, Ohio, offering a wide range of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs with on-site financing. Larkin Cobb, close to Eaton, Richmond, Dayton, and Brookville. On the web at LarkinCobb.com. A student's prayer by St. Thomas Aquinas. Come, Holy Spirit. Pour forth your brilliance upon my dense intellect. Grant me a penetrating mind to understand, a retentive memory, method and ease in learning, an abundant grace in expressing myself. Guide the beginning of my work, direct its progress, and bring it to successful completion. This I ask through Jesus Christ. Amen. For Sacred Heart Radio, I'm Dominican Father Henry Steffen. now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Dr. Leonard DeLorenzo with the McGrath Institute for Church Life at Notre Dame. He's host of the Church Life Today podcast and is author of many books, including one we're discussing today, 
a god who questions. Dr. De Lorenzo, welcome back. Good morning, Annie. So in this book, you examine uh, a number of questions that Jesus asks throughout the Gospels. And obviously in context, he's asking these of specific people who are present there with him in the moment. But do they have any bearing on on those of us who are reading these stories a couple of thousand years later? Well, I think, of course, they do. I think, you know, the encounter that we have with Christ in the gospel is meant to a to be an encounter directly with us. So though we are reading oftentimes about his encounter with others, we're given these episodes and these these events so that we can place ourselves in them, sometimes as the addressee of his question, sometimes as the ones who are listening in, who have to see what is going on and see the sort of revolution of perspective that is taking place. And in fact, I think what we ought to do in the gospel is allow ourselves to be moved around by what's taking place. These questions ought to enter into our own hearts and minds, but they also should sometimes disturb and sometimes stretch our own assumptions and commonplace thinking. Well, I don't want to be uncomfortable reading scripture. I know. Come on. What are you doing to me? (laughs) It's Monday morning. Totally just kidding. But uh, what got you tuned in to the questions of Jesus in the first place? And why do you think they should pique our interest? I think the first question that really caught me was the one that comes at the beginning of the Gospel of John. In fact, these are the very first words that Jesus speaks in John's Gospel. Mm. He turns behind him. There are two disciples of John the Baptist following him, and he says, what are you looking for? Mm. That's fairly remarkable if we think about it, because, of course, the Gospel of John is the one that begins, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word we hear about until it takes flesh and dwells among us, and then that Word is named Jesus. And so when he speaks words, what we're hearing is the Word of God echoing in and through our humanity. And the very first thing that he says in that Gospel is, what are you looking for? Now, that is addressed, as you were saying before, you know, to these two disciples who are following after him. But it's also addressed to each of us. When we approach him, when we come to him, let's say when we enter into the gospel, the question of what are we looking for is presented to us. It's a question that I believe our God asks, we could say earnestly, really Mm -hmm. cares about what we're looking for. But it's also a way of us examining our own motives. What are we really looking for? What are we willing to find? What are we willing to be confronted by, to be comforted by, to be challenged by? Mm -hmm. And so that question really started me. And then what I did is over uh, a Lent and then uh, a period of Advent, and I think maybe even another one, I took one of these questions each day or every couple of days, and I tried to reflect on them and to see what was going on. And that was really the genesis of this little book. Oh, speaking of Genesis, Dr. De Lorenzo, <laughs> you uh, you reflect on the book of Genesis in your introduction. Um, the first question from God recorded in scripture. I find it interesting, actually. I went back um, and started reading Genesis chapter 3 and, uh, well, the whole beginning of Genesis. And I believe that the very first question asked um, recorded anyway in Scripture is actually from from the serpent mm-hmm. in Genesis chapter three verse one when he asks the woman, "Did God say you shall not eat of any tree of the garden?" A, a question that's meant to to bring about confusion and and division. But then the first question from God 
comes a few verses later in in verse 9. I'm going to read here from from verse 8. It says, And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? Now, what does this bring about in in your mind about the point of questions that God asks in Scripture? I believe this question, we could say, is the beginning of salvation history. So in Mm. response to our sin, and as we heard there, sin has to do with hiding from God, Mm. turning away from God. In the very garden that was created for us, where everything is given as a gift, including those trees that are fruit-bearing, We, in our shame and guilt, having tried to seize the initiative from God, go and hide ourselves from him. But rather than leave us to languish in our isolation, in our loneliness, and our guilt, God comes in search of us. Where are you? Now, we could think we're playing hide and seek, and God just doesn't know where we are and wants us to be found. But we could also think about this, and I think we should, in a deeper, much more existential sense— Who is lost here? Well, the man and the woman are lost to themselves. They have lost who they are. They have lost their perspective. They have lost their innocence and transparency. They are covered up and hiding. And rather than leave us there to feel the full effects of that, our Lord and our God comes in search of us to ask us to present ourselves to him, such as we are in our guilt and our shame, begging for a confession, in fact, that is slow uh, in coming, but... The initiative we can hear here is on God's part. He's the one that comes in search of us. And what I suggest at the very beginning of this book is that Jesus is the question. Now, we hear often that Jesus is the answer, but I'm saying Jesus is the question in person, incarnate. He is the searching of God. He is that question, where are you? Come directly to us to address each one of us. And hopefully we can be found here. What do you hope that people get, um, take away from from reading this book, Dr. DeLorenzo? Well, as you said earlier, you know, we often don't want to be made uncomfortable. But I think one of the things that ought to happen to us when we approach Scripture is that we should be made uncomfortable. Or let's put it this way, we shouldn't find just exactly what we're looking for. If we're really presenting ourselves to the Lord and allowing Him to encounter us, we should expect more than we anticipated finding. And I think the questions of Jesus are one of the ways to get us off of our balance a little bit, to allow us to have a more genuine and authentic encounter with the Lord, to examine our own motives, to examine our own assumptions, and to reach toward him as he is, not just as we imagine him to be. Well, as a person who asks questions for a living, I both (laughs) love and hate this idea at the same time. (laughs) I like asking the questions. I don't like being asked the questions, but I am looking forward to diving into this book and uh, reflecting on these questions along with you, Dr. DeLorenzo. The book is called A God Who Questions, and you can find Dr. Leonard DeLorenzo linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Really appreciate your time this morning and uh, look forward to talking again next time. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Bye. All right. It is 32 minutes past the hour now and it is time for news. Pope Francis is calling for an end to attacks and violence in Israel after the surprise attacks from Hamas and Israeli retaliation 
over the weekend. The deaths are mounting after Hamas's coordinated attack on Israel. More than a thousand Israelis and Palestinians have been killed, while officials have confirmed that some American there are some American casualties as well. Israel, which has responded with airstrikes in Gaza, formally declared war on the militant group yesterday. President Biden is sending additional assistance to Israel following these deadly attacks. Mark Mayfield reports. The White House Apparently that's not going to work right now, but we will continue to move on. Pope Francis, in his address to the faithful in St. Peter's Square for the Angelus yesterday, said terrorism and war would only bring further death and suffering to the innocent people and not solve any problems. He said war is only a defeat, and he urged people to pray for peace in Israel and Palestine The Holy Father encouraged the faithful to pray the rosary specifically during this month of October dedicated to the Holy Rosary for peace in Israel and for peace in Ukraine as well. In his Angelus Address Catechesis, the Holy Father reflected on the parable of the wicked tenants, saying that ingratitude leads to violence. From Vatican Radio, Sister Bernadette Reese reports. Reflecting on this parable, Pope Francis said that the tenants should have been grateful for what they received and for how they had been treated. Instead, ingratitude gave rise to greed and a progressive sense of rebellion grew within them, leading them to see the situation in a distorted way, to feel that the owner was in their debt rather than that they were in debt to the owner who had given them work. And thus the Pope said, from being tenants... They become assassins. Pope Francis went on to explain that in this parable, Jesus reminds us what happens when a person deceives him or herself into thinking that what he or she does, they do on their own, and they forget to be grateful. This attitude, the Pope said, can lead to dissatisfaction, misunderstandings, resentment, and ultimately violence. Yes, dear brothers and sisters, he said, ungratefulness generates violence, while a simple thank you can bring back peace. The Holy Father invited us to ask ourselves if we are aware that life and faith, our very selves and everything we have, come from the grace of the Lord. And if in response to grace, we know how to say thank you. Pope Francis concluded his Angelus reflection with a prayer that the Blessed Virgin Mary, whose soul glorifies the Lord, might help us to make gratitude the light that dawns daily in our hearts. I'm Sister Bernadette Reese. The death toll is rising after a pair of powerful earthquakes rocked Afghanistan. The Taliban says more than 2,000 people were killed. 9,000 others were injured. The first quake hit western Afghanistan on Saturday, registering 6.3 on the Richter scale, and that was followed by a 6.1 magnitude quake. A spokesman for the Taliban's Ministry of Disasters said more than 1,300 houses were damaged or destroyed. And the United Auto Workers Union members at the Volvo Group-owned Mack Trucks are set to go on strike today after rejecting a tentative contract agreement. In a letter yesterday, UAW President Sean Fain said a majority of workers voted against the deal, 
which included a 19 percent pay raise. The union represents roughly 4,000 workers in Pennsylvania, Maryland, and Florida. This comes as thousands of UAW members across at least 20 states remain on strike against the big three U.S. automakers. 837 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here is Paul Lockman. Why, thank you, Anna Mitchell. Cincinnati Bengals picked up a uh, much-needed 34-20 win over the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals don't want to see Jamar Chase anytime soon. He torched Arizona for 192 yards, three touchdowns, as uh, Joe Burrow got him the ball, Joey B was 36 of 46 for 317 yards, a little bit more mobile than he had been in weeks past through three touchdowns, all to Jamar. Uh, Joe Mixon also uh, carried the ball 25 times for 81 yards. Trey Hendrickson recorded two and a half sacks as uh, Cincinnati improved to two and three. Bengals not done. They will have to uh, host the Seahawks next Sunday before heading into the bye. Ohio State stays undefeated with a 37-17 win over the uh, Maryland Terrapins. Ohio State now 5-0 will visit Purdue next Saturday. And we get baseball today. National League Division Series. The Arizona Diamondbacks visit the Los Angeles Dodgers. Philadelphia Phillies take on the Atlanta Braves. In Atlanta, Diamondbacks and Phillies both uh, unexpectedly lead their series one game to none. That's a look at sports. We got more on the Sunrise Morning Show right after this. When you click subscribe at sacredheartradio.com, you get our show notes in your inbox with links to everything featured on the Sunrise Morning Show and Driving Home the Faith. To know when your favorite guests are on, go to sacredheartradio.com and click subscribe. It's the season of chunky soup and chunky sweaters, which means it's also pumpkin coffee season. And the Mystic Monks have their pumpkin spice blend in stock and ready for you to enjoy. And when you go to the Monks through sunrisemorningshow.com, we earn a commission on any flavor coffee or tea that you buy. Why shell out five bucks for a tall PSL when you can customize your own at home and drink it from a Sunrise Morning Show mug that you can find in our online store. Get a mug and link to Mystic Monk Coffee through sunrisemorningshow.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Dr. Robert Berger at Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Dr. Berger has been recognized by Cincinnati Magazine nearly every year over the past 20 years as one of the top physicians in orthopedic surgery, and he serves as team physician for Xavier University, Mount St. Joseph University, and LaSalle High School. Dr. Berger treats patients of all ages at the Beacon West office on Harrison Avenue and on the east side at Cincinnati Sports Club. For more information, 513-354-3700, online at beaconortho.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Rose Automotive, serving the Hamilton area with a wide selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. Rose Automotive, celebrating over 30 years of automotive excellence. On Erie Highway in Hamilton, roseautomotivegroup.com. Act of consecration to St. Joseph. Oh, dearest St. Joseph, I consecrate myself to your honor and give myself to you, my protector and my guide in the way of salvation. Obtain for me a greater purity of heart and fervent love of the interior life for the greater glory of God, that I may share in the peace and joy of your holy death. Amen. For Sacred Heart Radio, I'm Sister Patricia Jean, Sister of St. Joseph the Worker. It's 
Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swain, joined now by Marlon De La Torres, Senior, Senior Director of the Department of Evangelization for the Diocese of Columbus. He writes at knowingisdoing.org. That's where they listen on St. Gabriel Radio. Marlon, good morning. Good morning, Matt. Go Bucks. So we are looking at a post that you did over at Knowing is Doing mm-hmm. on the idea of an inconvenient creed. Now, mm-hmm. a lot of our listeners know the Apostles' Creed. They know the Nicene Creed. If you read yeah. through um, the letters of St. Paul, uh, you can mm-hmm. find a bunch of little mini creeds. And we think Correct. of them as things that we believe and things that are true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we realize sometimes that if we were to take them seriously, they'd be a little inconvenient <laughs> to, to us and how we live our lives. It's true. Sometimes we look at either his letters to the Ephesians or Colossians, and and we want to ask ourselves, really? That's exactly what we're called to do? That's how we're supposed to believe? Um, And it it tends to be our human nature tends to somewhat impede St. Paul's call, or when when you look at, say, the, the church fathers and what they did to really defend the creator defend the uh, the message of Christ. It's like, well, do we have to go to that extreme? Is that really necessary today? Can I just be happy and believe, be complacent? Uh, and these things work through the mind of, of any human being. And so uh, when you're trying to live the faith and trying to establish a, a clear conscience effort to uh, to follow, I guess, the way of Christ, uh, at times our, our personal vices get in the way or um, the thought, does it really need to go to that extreme? So we can look at the creed as an extreme practice of faith sometimes, and uh, you know we could we could easily pivot from that and and create a, our own theological diversion. Say, well, you know what they they can live their life that way. I don't have to preach it to them. They're happy. I'll go about just just believing in what the church says personally, but but not really. Uh, presented in a way where it may offend someone. And so uh, it could be an inconvenience for some. And uh, unfortunately, that that's how it's viewed from time to time. You know, what's interesting is that this can be inconvenient to different people in different ways, depending on your personality mm-hmm. type. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. there are uh, some people who they want to see Jesus as just kind of a nice teacher. So anything mm-hmm. that involves like a, a moral stance or, mm-hmm. you know, something that, that's a little bit you know, edgy or confrontational, you kind of sort of gloss over. There are other people I've met whose entire spirituality seems to be um, centered around Jesus flipping the tables in the temple, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's, the, that's yeah. the one thing they really like about Jesus is when he's like putting people on blast. And they're not as good on the uh, forgiveness parts or on the showing mercy or mm-hmm. on the welcoming uh, the stranger, whatever it happens to be, right? Everybody, I don't Correct. care who you are. If you mm-hmm. read through the gospels, there's going to be something that you mm-hmm. like, and you're going to say amen to, and something that if you understand it correctly is going to make you mm-hmm. squirm. Correct. And I think there, there's a, there's a premise behind the creed. When, when you say, I believe, uh, you, not only is it a, a question of affirming or an assent to God, it means that there's a docility of the spirit. So whether you like the Beatitudes or not, for those who are more gung-ho or, or tends to, you know, what, forget the Beatitudes, just uh, send them to hell, versus those who look at the Beatitudes as the opening to live your life according to how you personally believe your conscience to be. Um, either way, there's still a docility of the spirit to, to listen to the will of God in your life if you want to. And then from there to discern, all right, what is 
the the premise of the message of the gospel. What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to live? And so it, it does affect both sides, unfortunately. And but there is a, a unifying force in Christ Himself. Uh, the, the aim I tell people is when you look at the creed as inconvenience. All right, what is the premise of your soul and what is the premise of your life here? It, it's eternal happiness. It, it, it's to be with our Lord in heaven, and there is a progression to that. That there is a, a definitive stance that Christ did, and He died for that stance. And because of that fact, the, the, the creed is intimately tied because it says that I ascend to what Christ did on that cross. And the, the, the death of his, the, his death was not a pacifist act. His death was not one where he's going to damn everybody to hell, per se. But what it is, it's, it, this is the way, and you have the freedom to choose to do so or not. And from there, you can pave your path to heaven or simply pave your path to hell. And it, it is your choice. And I think that's the beauty of the creed. It gives you that option to choose. And that can be very inconvenient for some who just don't want to choose. And I find that fascinating when, when I encounter this with individuals literally across the country. Well, and I've, I encounter it, you know, in other people, but I'm, I can't do much about other people. I'm more worried about when I encounter it in myself, Marlon. Amen. <laughs> right? Amen. That's, that's the thing I can do something about. And, um, I think that for me, a big part of it is just hearing a passage where I think Jesus is, you know, really kind of saying something that the world needs to hear right now and not mm-hmm. thinking to myself, Jesus is saying something that I need to hear right now. Right. And we're, yeah. I think my tendency is to really get excited about when Jesus tells the world that they're going off track and not as excited yeah. and not even like as attentive to how he's mm-hmm. telling me I'm going mm-hmm. off track. Absolutely. And I mean, you can look at either John 15, uh, the vine and the branch, or you can look really uh, at the healing elements beginning with Matthew 10. I mean, there, there's there's a way that our Lord says, look, I, I'm, I'm healing Jairus' daughter. I'm healing the paralytic. I'm healing, healing the blind man for a particular reason to demonstrate to you that th- this is the path that I offer you. And it's not just through the healing itself, but my proclamation of the word and what salvation brings to us through me. Uh, I think that's just a, a beautiful consolation, not just for ourselves, but for everybody around. Well, Marlon De La Torre, if our listeners want to connect with you over at Knowing is Doing and get some of your thoughts on catechesis and uh, not just catechesis as an intellectual exercise, but as forming us in the Christian faith, uh, how do they find your work? They can find it through knowingisdoing.org or just visit the Catholic Diocese of Columbus. All right. Sounds great, Marlon. Have a wonderful day. You too, Matt. God bless. Go Bucks. Well, okay. Those Bucks rolling pretty well right now, by the way. It is 13 till. We're back with Father Boniface Hicks right after this. Family, thank you for putting a Sacred Heart Radio bumper magnet on your vehicle. Because our recent listener survey told us just how many of you started listening after seeing one of our bumper magnets. In fact, some have declared that our bumper magnets are life changers. So to change lives, just take a drive. Showing off your Sacred Heart Radio bumper magnet. Now they're free, so to get one or a stack for your parish, go to sacredheartradio.com and click Signs and Magnets. That's sacredheartradio.com. Click Signs and Magnets. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Stegman Landscape. Serving the Tri-State since 1979, Stegman Landscape can create a picture-perfect landscape all year long. From design, installation, and maintenance to retaining walls, patios, and outdoor fireplaces to enjoy any season, Stegman Landscape can do it all. Stegman Landscape. 
making the world more beautiful one yard at a time. 859-781-1562 and online at stegmanlandscape.com. Offering Catholic retreats based on Ignatian spirituality, the Jesuit Spiritual Center is offering weekend retreats this fall led by various retreat masters, including Father Michael Graham. Join us this October for a weekend of silence as you experience the great treasures of the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Register now at JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. That's JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. For over 500 years, the church-honored spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola have formed many saints. This treasured way of personal prayer with God is now available to you for free. Order your free training manual at lordteachmetopray.com and bring Ignatian prayer to others. Lord Teach Me to Pray is approved by the USCCB. Order your free training manual at lordteachmetopray.com. Lord Teach Me to Pray underwrites the Sunrise Morning Show. I'm Matt Swim, joined now by Father Boniface Hicks, and he is the author, along with Father Thomas Ackland, of Personal Prayer, A Guide for Receiving the Father's Love. It's a great book, and we've been going through lots of different aspects of uh, how we can deepen our prayer lives. Father Boniface, good morning. Good morning, Matt. Great to be with you. Yeah, great to be with you as well. And uh, towards the end of your book, you begin to get into this idea of really you know, getting to that next level with Christ in our prayer life. And you start this chapter, chapter 11, off with the idea of thirst uh, as a way to understand this relationship. And of course, Jesus says, I thirst from the cross. That's probably our first point of reference. But how does this play out in the life of prayer and our relationship with God? Yeah, we tried to uh, cover a bit in the final chapter of the book about how prayer transforms us as we enter more deeply into it, as we persevere in our lives of prayer, as we open our hearts more fully to the Lord. And we're, we're already beginning to taste heaven on earth, and so we, we kind of lean forward into what that looks like. But one of the things that uh, about experiencing heaven on earth is that our humanity just can't really handle it. And so what we experience in Jesus on the cross is divine love in human form, which is, is simply drawn to us. So he says, I thirst on the cross, and there's a physical element to that, but there's a much deeper element about thirsting for his love, and that's something that Mother Teresa really picked up on in particular and put that little phrase right next to all of the crucifixes in all of her convents and lived that I thirst, but which she also shared in as she found a thirst that was greater than anything that was that could be fulfilled. And so as amazing as her life was, and all of us from the outside would say, whoa, you know, I mean, she just did so many amazing things, and she demonstrated uh, Christian charity in such a, to such an extreme degree, but she experienced tremendous darkness interiorly because her what she longed for was so much greater than really her, her humanity could handle. I think it would be the, the best way to describe it. So, so that thirst for God, wanting so much more of Him, and as much of him as we have, we long for so much more of him. And that's true of him for us as well. And that's actually where it starts, his thirst for us. You know, I try and think about the times when I am sort of most thirsty and, you know, kind of what that sense is like to finally get water at the end of it. You know, maybe I'm 
out and about and I just have forgotten to drink water, <laughs> right? And I'm just like mm. doing errands and you know, you go for a while and you're like, something is wrong with me and I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm dehydrated, <laughs> right? Or uh, mm. maybe you're intentionally doing some sort of exercise, you know, going on a run and you finally get back and, you know, you get that drink and it's like this sort of replenishment and this... um the sense of like coolness and peace uh, after sort of your own efforts have run the course. I just, as a metaphor, it works in so many interesting ways, especially because, you know, when you hydrate yourself, uh, you know, it doesn't just go into your belly. It kind of like courses through your entire body what it is that you've drank. So, yeah, there's a lot to think about here. Yeah, that's right. I love that uh, kind of obscurity even, you know, who would associate a headache with dehydration or sometimes the, the muscle pains or aches that we can experience with dehydration. It's not obvious that putting something in your mouth is going to affect your entire body. There's, uh, there's really something very true about that in terms of prayer as well, that what we're, what we're lacking in terms of our spiritual life can be having all kinds of effects that appear to be unrelated and yet, when we really drink in God's love, when we place ourselves before that fount of divine love, it does course through our whole lives in a, in a wonderful way. So this concept then of Jesus being the one to say, I thirst, like, I think we can understand our own thirst. Uh, I mean, Jesus even talks about we're blessed when we hunger and thirst for righteousness, right? Um but for Jesus to have that towards us, I mean, what are we supposed to make of that? <laughs> well, it is, uh, it is amazing. And uh, as I mentioned, Mother Teresa very much associated that with uh, something deeper than just the physical reality, but saw this thirst of God from the cross, a sign of, what, of, of the depths of his love for us, that he would actually thirst for us in that way, and his becoming man to save us, his mounting the cross to take all of our sins on himself, his desire to be close to us in our worst moments to rescue us and to do that by sharing those worst moments with us as he takes on all of the suffering of the world are demonstrations of the magnitude of his love for us. And so really a sign uh, for for us to look to continuously and be reminded of how valuable we are in the eyes of God, to see His thirst for us. Yeah, it's a lot to process, and you know, of course, these things end up getting highlighted during Holy Week when we hear, um, you know, the the Lord's passion and and all of it. Uh, but you know, even just this concept that you know, thirst is not something that we experience out of, you know, luxury or preference. We experience it out of need, right? And it sort of is a, a highlight of our of our need. Uh, but Father Boniface, you get into this in, in great depth uh, in your book, Personal Prayer. If you could uh, remind our listeners where they can get it and uh, what they can find in it. It's available through uh, Emmaus Road Publishing, stpaulcenter.com, stpaulcenter.com. It's a, it's a, uh, extensive book on, on prayer, the experience of prayer, and tapping into the Catholic tradition of prayer, and really moving into the concrete details of prayer as well. So I, I hope it's a, a great help for people at deepening their relationship with God. Well, I recommend it all the time to my friends who come from evangelical backgrounds and are saying, I knew how to pray, how to pray in that world. How do I pray as a Catholic? <laughs> I'm like, just mm. read Father Boniface's book. 
And uh, oh, if, you wanna, that's great. if you're looking on the live stream, I'm holding it up so you can see what the cover looks like when you go into the bookstore and try and find it. Father Boniface, have a wonderful day. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, you too, Matt. Thanks. Well, that wraps it up on this Monday, the 9th of October, for the Sunrise Morning Show, at least. Plenty more on Sacred Heart Radio as you cruise through the day, all the way to Drive Home the Faith. Catholic Answers, the journey home after that. You can listen all night long on the stream and wake back up tomorrow with us. In the meantime, have a great day. Have a great Columbus Day. And have a great Feast of St. John Henry Newman. We're back again tomorrow. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. If you're planning to give an end-of-the-year gift to Sacred Heart Radio, we are grateful. And there are several ways to give, including a stock gift through your IRA or a donor-advised fund. There's planned giving, employee matching funds. You can send a check, donate online, and more. Contact your financial advisor for more information on the tax benefits of donating to Sacred Heart Radio. And to see and read about all the ways to give, visit SacredHeartRadio.com and click on Ways to Give. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from St. Michael's Rosaries and Religious Articles, a great place to shop for gifts like fun Catholic t-shirts, socks, and cozy throw blankets. And don't forget the Mystic Monk Pumpkin Spice Coffee. St. Michael's Rosaries, online at stmichaelscustomrosaries.com. Central Fabricators, proud supporters of Sacred Heart Radio, custom builds and repairs corrosion-resistant storage tanks, reactors, and pressure vessels. These are used to manufacture liquids used in everyday products like health and beauty aids, pharmaceuticals, and food. Central Fabricators uses the latest in technology and modern equipment to deliver quality products, and big orders are not a problem. Central Fabricators, ASME certified, and on the web at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com. Gate of Heaven Catholic Cemetery of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati is commemorating the 50th anniversary of the end of the Vietnam War. The ceremony is Saturday, October 28th, 2 p.m. at the Veterans Garden at 11,000 Montgomery Road and will feature keynote speakers, presentation of service pins to veterans, and a rosary following the ceremony. Please help honor this generation of brave men and women and their families. More information at gateofheaven.org slash events. The Cincinnati Chapter of Legatus is a national network of Catholic business owners, CEOs, and managing partners facing the challenges of faith, family, and business each day. We meet once a month with our spouse for a mass, dinner, and speaker. We have the support of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati and many members throughout the parishes, including yours. We would appreciate the chance to share what we are about with you and enjoy Mass together soon. Contact us at Cincinnati at Legatus.org. That's Cincinnati at Legatus.org. Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at supportpcw.org. That's supportpcw.org. This is Archbishop Dennis Schnur from the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at